0: Welcome to the Helihead Show. This is episode number 27. I am your host, Skids, and with me is Gucci. Hello, my friends. And we've got Yard Sale. Yo, yo. And special guest, Lawn Dart.
1: What's up? It's
0: your feature. Oh, took it from- Man, what's been? Did Scott Ooh, I show think up? he is. Did Scott
2: show up? I, I think so. Or nice. is
0: he missing this week? What were what we doing over okay. here? He's missing this week. That's okay.
2: So. I don't know, but our special guest said, "What's up?" with sounded like he's smoked for fifty years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's my impersonation. Mm-hmm. Ain't <laughs> got no French fried tater. <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
3: <laughs> well, well, since he's a
4: guest, mate. Maybe we should get uh introduce him real quick, Kevin.
0: Yeah, tonight we have Londart who is aka Dave Karish. Yes. All the way from Hello. Ohio. I thought that was Canada. From Canada.
2: Eh? Yeah. No, he's from
0: he's from Ohio. You two knuckleheads are from
2: Canada. Oh lord. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I think he lives a little closer to Canada than I do. <clears throat> is that right? <laughs> I think so.
1: I don't know. No, I think you're a little north than I am.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm on the other side of the road. Yeah, the road.
0: <laughs> on the other side of the road. Can't win anything. That's awesome. All right. Well, first things first. Let's give a huge thank you to everyone who listens, streams, downloads uh, to our podcast. Uh, we certainly do appreciate all of you. And uh, one other thing, we just wanted to say really quickly. We wanted to give uh, free fall. Uh, a big thanks for coming on last time. It was such a good time, and uh, got some good feedback from it. People really enjoyed <laughs> it, so it was uh, it was a lot of fun. So Arnold Arnold was the greatest. Yeah. I it's true. It. It's true. We could have done a whole show like that.
2: Yeah, well, great. then Freefall wouldn't be able to do a show for a couple of weeks if we did that, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well It
1: was funny. I know not to go... Um, uh, I'm really I'm really, right. I'm really, hard. I'm a, I'm a podcast expert now. Yeah.
0: yeah. So right after we cover all of that, I'm like, um... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what a dummy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, well, it is what it is. It was fun. It was fun. It was fun. All right. Well, how about we jump into some weeks, plural.
2: Some weak-ass weeks. Some week. <laughs> Mine is weak, yeah <laughs> Alright, I'll, I'll lead Gucci, you're still holding strong with three bullet points I'm it telling always... you,
4: every week like I have to put it into three bullets No more, no less nice. So, I'll lead the way, alright let, let, me, let me do this weak-ass paving over here <laughs> The weeks, right <laughs> So I've been doing a lot of flying Believe it or not I've been flying just about every day uh, At least one or two flights so, yeah. So, what I've been doing is these are not just normal flights, but I've been working on converting my Kraken Electric to F, being an F3C type setup. So, <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> oh, Lord. Here we go. Yeah, I know. But um, it's nice because even though it's only one or two flights a day, it totals out between two flights. I usually run 30 minute total time of flying.
0: That's amazing. Just
4: Yeah. It's, I think the 5,000 packs on 1350 run me about 14 to 15 minutes, roughly generally. So I've been working a lot on trying to take and getting the gremlins out out of the Kraken 700. Mm -hmm. Um, you put a softer dampeners on it, kind of just going through the motions to try to get a, nice low head speed stable you know airframe for precision hovering so i haven't really done any aerial maneuvers or anything like that yet i figured let me just first do the hover because let's be honest how many of us really spend time in hovering it's true you know it it's probably the the least so to speak the least done maneuver if you want to call it a maneuver i guess at this point. Yeah. Um, And it it takes, you know, it's amazing, like, if you tame down some of your cyclic, uh, do a collective uh, curve, it it makes it definitely more enjoyable, no matter what orientation it's in. So, it's all under control. Um, I did hit, you know, some hiccups with uh, a servo that was not centering too good. So, you know, just all these small things that, you know, you just got to take it one at a time. So, been doing that a lot. as i call it is i'm having fun with flags and i think the going joke for that is i guess uh angel rojas uh, that's the going joke with him that he likes to have fun with flags too so
2: um it's it's not
4: yeah it's not exciting but it's definitely challenging and i think that's what's keeping me interested so sure i'm um, a little
2: worried you got inside jokes going with angel and Monty over here (laughs)
4: yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't think it was Monty that made that joke. I think it was somebody else on the hangout. But yeah, just you know, it's. I think the challenge of it is definitely keeping me interest interested in in keep doing this, right? Yeah. Um. The plan is, yeah. Could I just you know wake up one morning and say, well, Monty's having a competition down in North Carolina. I'm gonna go compete. You can, and not that you you shouldn't do it. I kind of just like being able to have the plan, right? so I put together like a whole um class uh two of the mini f three c competition rule book that I could um you know look at and I have like a flight log and stuff like that so I've been slowly working on that hopefully um I get comfortable with um, you know with the whole f three c idea precision hovering i guess so. It's fun. Uh I've been doing that a lot. And the last thing is that I, you know, did go to the where is it, The Gucci Orcha? <laughs> or the Gucci Urcha <laughs> fun fly. Yeah, the no was, Gucci
2: Urcha. Yeah, The no <laughs> yeah, Gucci, Gucci Less urcha.
4: But I I'll 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 let uh I'll let Yarcel talk more about that because he was there a lot longer throughout the couple of days that the gathering um was going on. So it was fun. It was definitely um, I miss going to events away from home, right? But with everything going on, I you know, I think it's it was definitely nice just to be out of the house and being in the flying field for two days more or less. So that's kinda all I've been up to.
0: Nice. Nice.
4: So not weak, not strong, but just average. I'm not okay. Bad, with you. Average.
2: Yep. Not bad. Could have used a lot less hovering, but not bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
4: telling you, it's harder than
2: you think. Especially, oh, I know.
4: Especially if you don't have the correct setup, right? So I, I think, it, man, it's challenging. Just any, You start noticing things about your heli, like, you know, after, like, let's say, Flight 3, when I was, like, trying to get some of the gremlins out. I'm like damn like the the skid the pipes the skid pipes like vibrate a lot and that was before yeah. before I got the uh softer dampeners in there. Well, I put the softer dampeners and it was like butter smooth now, right? And it's things like that you pay attention that we don't, you know, when you just smack fly or you just fly shooting from the hip, you just don't pay attention to that stuff, you know?
2: Right. Yeah. So. If, I mean, if you just stand there and stare at it <laughs> for 20 minutes. You're gonna notice things, you know. Yeah, so, so it's it's yeah. interesting.
4: It's a different, uh, I guess, a, a different part of our hobby, you know. That um, one would say is not interesting, but I think it is if you take into account everything that has to go on to be good at it, right?
2: Yeah. Well, I'm just gonna throw this out there. I'm I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're practicing. Because uh, Todd Dudek was out at the field getting getting warmed up. He had the cones out there this weekend, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was legit. Watch out.
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, I used to do a lot of hover practice. I actually used to practice some of those, like the inverted triangle and stuff like that. And uh, I did it horizontally and vertically on a stretched uh, E5 that ran about 1300 RPMs. So, yeah, it's hard stuff. It's not easy.
0: <clears throat>
1: yeah. And, and it definitely tunes you up. I mean that's you definitely get uh, a great feel for the helicopter when you start doing that stuff.
0: Right. That's for sure. Just don't go freaking ham in a drive (laughs) thru.
2: Wait, you can get ham from a drive
5: through? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Very cool.
2: Cool. Well I guess that means it's my turn. Hit it. Uh I haven't alone a whole lot unfortunately other than our our event of course um well even there i I really didn't fly too too much uh but i'll save that till the end here me and dave will kind of tag team that because uh we're the ones that kind of well no i guess we didn't put this one together this year we really didn't no yeah we kind of just uh sat down it was a, a a collective effort from a couple guys but we'll dig into it Um, so this past weekend I went to the field on what was that Sunday and I I really wasn't feeling it, man. I I just felt uncomfortable. I felt weird when I was flying. The wind was blowing. It just didn't feel like a good day to fly. So I actually only burned two batteries and just kind of spent the time hanging out with everybody, uh, which is good. Good to do once in a while. And I did, however, fix the Spectre that I've been having Gremlins with since I crashed it. Uh, it's been having a vibration that I thought was originally from a set of blades that uh, I balanced together. I had two single blades I tried balancing and, and getting them to be a match set. And I thought I had them dead on, put them on the helicopter, and it shook itself like like you wouldn't believe. So... I thought, okay, well, I really suck at balance of blades, so let's throw a fresh set of blades on here. Did that, and it still did the same thing. So what I ended up finding was the head block was bent on the specter I crashed. Hmm. So I'm kind of glad that I found that, because it was starting to get a little frustrating after replacing. I put two main shafts in there, two spindle shafts in there, because I wasn't sure if they were bent, and then didn't even really think of the head block until uh, that was the only thing left and we measured from the tip of the tip of the heli blade to the tail boom it was i think like 10 millimeters difference
5: between the so two That baby was bent yeah it was bent yeah. pretty good yeah. um head. yeah crooked head <laughs>
2: uh i did order a protos 380 nice the xl version it's on whoa. its way to me whoa yep I was missing the uh, 380 size. I think on Sunday I was like, man, if I had a 380, I would totally be flying a lot more than, you know, because when you get that uncomfortable feeling, you're not really feeling it, you don't want to go out there and crash a 700 over it. So if I had a 380 size, I can kind of go out and beat on it. Plus, I haven't had a bean machine in a while, you know, <laughs> a salad tosser, as we used to call it. Um, so, yeah, just after, what was that last episode, I said I got rid of all my small helicopters. Oh well, here I am with another one here you are yeah
0: <laughs> well let's uh let's unpack this uh uncomfortableness what what's going on like what are you
2: what's the I big don't know fear? i mean i've been I've been kind of taking a step back from everything lately, uh which we'll kind of dig into a little bit in this episode, but I haven't been quite flying as much. I've been trying to get into other things uh I picked up. Uh, I think I mentioned it on here. Picked up the hobby of of mountain biking and stuff and just trying to find different stuff to do. And uh, I don't know if that's part of it. I don't think it is because I didn't fly much before our heli event either. And I I was completely comfortable at our heli event. Uh, Sometimes you just have those days, or at least I do, where you go out there and it just nothing clicks. Everything feels foreign. And usually you would use those days just to kind of you know, go back to basics, you know, do your orientation stuff and, and call it a day and not push yourself too hard. Right. Um So
0: you're kinda which, like second guessing yourself.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah. you're just mm-hmm. like not really feeling the connection between you and the model. Right. And uh I, I did a couple flights, like I said, I flew two batteries where I was doing the basic stuff and trying to stick the stuff that I have burned in my memory pretty good. And it, it just wasn't feeling right. So I didn't want to risk crashing the model that I just you know, figured out what was broke on it. So it was sure. like, okay, I'm just going to kind of hang out and, you know, BS with everybody. Um, so happy I don't know. I, you guys experience that? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. We did have birthday cake for yeah. Candy Dudek. So yeah. happy birthday to Candy Dudek. Yeah.
0: Um, I most definitely yeah. can say that I've experienced that. Not once, but a handful of times. And, okay. you know, it, it and i know that feeling you're talking about it's almost like which way do i push again am i am i gonna what? go the right way if i do this you know it's kind of like you just all of a sudden start second guessing everything yeah and mm-hmm. and it's like you know the previous weekend you did just fine and now all of a sudden this weekend you're like what the heck am i doing so right. um i think you know definitely we could talk about this later too but I think you're right. I think going back to basics that day is probably the best thing for you. Um I would agree. Yeah. yeah. You know, even if you just hover, you know, whatever.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of what drove the uh, the the purchase of the 380 is to have something small that you know, I can go out and not really feel as uncomfortable with because it's a smaller helicopter. Right. Um and not, you know, if it does go in, it's not gonna cost me $500 or $300 you know what I mean you can fix them for usually under a hundred bucks and uh be able to kind of push through that and still enjoy uh flying for the day right so um but that's pretty much it for last weekend now the weekend before we had our uh we had a little get together at our club um we didn't really it wasn't a fun fly it was more or less kind of the people who couldn't make it to urcha this year we kind of decided to get together uh, at our local field and you know kind of hang out and have a mini urcha there for ourselves because we couldn't you know unfortunately we couldn't make the trip this year so it turned out really good man it was uh kind of a collective effort between uh me myself Dave. Gucci was involved with it and Todd Duda and uh, Gucci and Todd Duda kind of had the idea and, you know, presented it to me and Dave and uh, yeah, we kind of got the ball rolling and made it happen. So it was pretty cool. Uh, I'm glad everybody showed up that, you know, that said that was going to come out. It made it a fun time. We didn't have that many people. Uh, We tried to only invite the people that we knew weren't going to Urcha because we didn't want to, pull from the people that were going to urge or or give them a decision to make um and that's also why we didn't advertise it publicly so it was just kind of like okay yeah he's not going to be able to go so let's see if he can you know maybe come hang out here for the weekend so he can at least get some flying in Uh, and i think it worked out pretty well it was really laid back uh just had some campers we had mitch come out with his camper uh my in-laws brought their camper out for us to stay in. Um. Who else? Bob Heaster came out and stayed in one of our club members, uh, Frank. He lent them his camper for the weekend. So it was it was really cool to be able to hang out and camp out for the weekend and you know, enjoy the, the time with everybody. But it's awesome.
4: Yeah. Um even I even took my daughter out with me, uh, skids for Saturday and she had a blast. I mean <laughs> all I gotta say is thank you to the uh the sab team sab usa uh representing and doing water fight keeping my daughter happy for a couple hours <laughs> <laughs> so i could get some flying in to fly a goblin you know just doing work no it, it was it felt very family oriented to be honest right that's good it was yeah. like a closed group so we had what was it like 22 pilots
2: uh yeah the total was 20 22 pilots yep
4: yeah. I mean, we even saw people we haven't seen in a while, like Dana Smith, right? He came right. out and yeah. he was yeah. n 5 seeing it up. I mean, he was killing <laughs> that synergy. I'm like,
2: Jesus. Yeah. It was funny. He pulled me off to the side and he's like, dude, I forgot how much fun this stuff is. <laughs> it's just been quite a while since he's been able to get out and fly. Yep, but he was grinning ear to ear the whole time. It was awesome.
1: It's a couple years, I think, since he's been actually like out flying.
2: Yeah, well, he came out to when we did the little get together at Gucci's Field.
1: Oh, that is right.
2: He, yeah, he yep. showed yes, up for that. That is right.
1: Well, that was last year. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Was that crazy. was crazy. That's, That's right.
5: yeah. That was pretty long time ago. Yeah,
1: yeah it was cool it was to good. get all those guys together.
5: Um, it was. Yeah, to for, for me personally,
2: um, I don't know if you guys want to kind of touch on your own personal uh, view of it, but. Me personally, I think it was probably one of the funner events that we've had at our field, and we do a lot of events out there. And for it being laid back and not having to be, you know, from an, an event organizer side of it, because, I, you know, I was the CD for the event, so the organizer side of it was really easy. Um, all we did was, you know, put the sign-out sheet up, stuck the donation bucket out, asked people to donate so we can get the, you know, the porta potty cleaned when the event was over, and um, it worked out really well. It was really effortless from the uh, organization side of it, and, dude, I had probably some of the most fun that I've had at any of our events, just kind of, and I don't know if it was because we were kind of stuck in the little, on the heli field only, instead of branching out to the airplane field as well, um, because usually we would lock down the airplane field and kind of make a big giant field out of the whole uh the whole flying field um, so us being able to just kind of hang at one area and everybody kind of staying together and not really being spread out as much, I think was probably the part that made it feel you know a lot more like dan said family oriented um you feel like nobody was really left out, you know everybody was kind of hanging together. It was pretty awesome.
1: I would agree with you i I enjoyed myself a lot more um uh, and i you might be right, you know, just having everybody stuffed into one corner of the field and uh it wasn't like you were waiting to fly or anything you know it was
5: no, oh, yeah, uh, it-
1: a lot of fun yeah it was it was just fun. Everybody got to sit there and watch everybody else fly, and we laughed a lot really enjoyed it yeah it was a lot of laughing so yep and good flying it's
0: a good flying it's always nice to have you know new people come to your field let's say new people but people that um that you haven't seen in a while you know and um it it's uh you know even like for us like i know here we've been field hopping a lot you know going between charlotte and here but um you know just to have those guys come here or us even go there It just, it feels like a fun fly, even though it's not, you but, um, but it just raises the fun level so much higher than it would be if you just showed up at your local field and it was just your, sorry, no offense, Ben, Josh. Uh, (laughs) Um, but yeah, you know, it's just, it's really, you know, the more the merrier. It really, you know, that's true, you know? And, um, and yeah, we have such a ball when they come down or we go up there And, you know, it's, it's not just like three or four people. It's like, you know, six and eight people and just, yeah, it's just so much fun.
1: Yeah. What what we found out, Mike, we have, we had this theory before, you know, you have somebody that flies crazy (laughs) or, or really gets low and uh, makes it out of there. And there's like a mojo that happens, you know, there's some type of feeling that goes on when somebody throws down a nice flight while the next guy up does the same thing. And it kind of builds on itself. And mm-hmm. we just, that's what kind of happened the whole weekend, yeah. you know, it's it like,
2: becomes contagious.
1: it's like a contagion, you know, and you just have this great, it's a good flow of things, you know, yeah. <laughs> because everybody kind of pushes each other and we all have a good time. And mm-hmm. I'm really yeah. glad, I'm really glad we're not like, a lot of the uh, and and no offense to any of the airplane guys but a lot of those guys don't like crashing and it seems like helicopter guys don't mind it i mean we yeah. kind of we we've we've grown up to live with it you know what i mean it's just an acceptance type of thing
2: and well most of them cuz we did have somebody who showed up and was like dude you guys crash a lot up here yes one, one of our events.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is true
4: uh, there there was carnage all the way into the late uh, yeah. night hours.
2: I'll, oh, I, me personally, I seen some silly shit going on, man. <laughs> some, some funny stuff, but was, it's a lot it of very fun. entertaining.
4: Yeah. It's, it's a I lot mean, of fun. It, you know, you know, it's, it's getting heavy when pe- people start putting away helicopters. Like, listen, if I keep flying, this thing it's going to crash. I know. Really? Yep. You know? Yep. And some people are like, okay, I'll go, I'll go fly. <laughs> You know, if you could just
1: bottle that and yep. be able to sell it, that would be great, Yeah,
4: because <laughs> it doesn't
1: happen all the time, right? It yep. just that kind of that kind of mojo doesn't really happen all the time, but once yeah. it gets going, it's usually it's usually a self a self-feeding system. Yeah. that's for sure.
2: yeah, it was funny, me and Dave, were kind of kicking back watching everybody, and we're like, that's eh, funny. we kind of get these guys fired up and then just let them go and we watch them smash all their stuff up. <laughs> It was pretty funny. Well,
1: I lost a helicopter this weekend. Yeah, weekend, <laughs> yeah, I, just, so. I
2: lost one too. So I guess yeah. I can't say that. And I, I, I feel lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have lost a lot more. That's yes, That's for damn sure. Yep. Um, great. one of the cool things though I want to mention was Bob Heaster brought his buddy that he usually flies with from his home field out. Larry. Uh, Larry. And. I think Larry really enjoyed himself. And, and Bob kind of, you know, hinted to me, he said, Hey, you know, he's, he kind of doesn't like flying in front of people. So try to get him going if you can. If not, don't push him. You know, we don't have a bad time. So I kind of started messing with him and I'm like, Larry, are you, you going to fly or what? And he's like, Well, I got to, uh, I got to uh, get a drink. And I said, No, 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 no. You're not allowed to have any, anything to drink. You're not allowed to have a water or nothing like that until. You put a flight in and he's like, Oh, okay. That's how it's going to be. So we made him go up and he was like going in the corn and stuff. And so we ended up giving him a, uh, a, a drink when he landed. And then, well, I went to Burger King and got those crowns, the cardboard crowns right. and I wrote corn King on it and gave it to him, <laughs> him the corn King for the weekend. It was funny. He had a blast. Cause he's like, uh, I don't know if he's ever been to a fun fly that was like that or or any bigger fun fly for that matter. But I think he, you know, to see somebody that was kind of timid and just kind of cutting loose and and having fun with everybody else, you know what I mean? Not caring about what was going on, if the model was going to crash, you know, he was just enjoying himself. It was pretty awesome. And to be able to to, uh, be a part of making that kind of stuff happen is pretty cool. So I enjoy it. That's awesome.
0: Well, Dave, uh, what's your couple weeks been like?
1: Well, we covered part of it with the the little fun fly we had. Um, The other thing is, is, you know, I wrecked a helicopter there. And previously I wrecked, I don't know, it was a few weeks ago. I wrecked, uh, I had a few helicopters to work on. So I've been wrenching this week, actually, for the most part. Uh, Hitting the sim every once in a while, but uh, in between, I'm in the wiring stage. so. That's like the worst part for me. I really don't like it. <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> it's it's uh yeah, I don't know what it is. I mean you you lay the wires out, you should be able to just zip time there and live with it, but I like to put the uh the sleeving over the wires and do a nice neat job. Oh, okay. And uh Yeah, I like to do that kind of stuff, but uh so it gets tedious sometimes and I have to break away, I'll run over to the simulator and uh, fly for about ten, fifteen minutes. Maybe, but, you uh,
0: maybe you need to embrace a little bit of Mike Sobe and just kind of mm, let things ball go. it up, Follow <laughs> <Yeah>. it up, <laughs> throw the canopy on, and let it rip.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The one zip tie rule. One yeah. zip tie. There you yep. Go. Yeah. Whatever can yeah. fit in there, you tie it up. When you crash, yeah. you cut one zip tie and you're done. Everything's loose.
1: Yeah, I wish I could do that. I I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Character if it helps, fault. you
2: can put the canopy on with your eyes closed, so you don't have to look at it, and then you will never see it.
4: <laughs> now, now, if you flew nitro, that would work because you can never you very rarely have to take the canopy off.
2: Yeah,
1: right.
4: That's true. <laughs> but uh,
1: yeah, I, I, uh, so I've been playing with the uh, got all my parts in, and uh, actually, uh, there's a guy um, that sold me his Oxy Five and it's kind of been sitting around for a few months and i pulled the plug one night when i was ordering parts for a helicopter to get the servos and stuff that i needed to get a new another oxy5 flying so mm-hmm. um that's i'm really excited about that because my the oxy5 i have now is a 12s setup i'm going to set this one up as a 6s 550 so it should be it should be a different animal, but uh, still good. Yeah. I'm trying to. I, I ordered the mini servos and stuff so that uh, it's going to be a light, fairly light setup. So there you go. I'm kind of interested to see how that baby flies. And um, But that's about it. Just yeah. uh, last weekend, I flew with Mike, and I think we were talking about the mojo earlier, and I just didn't have the. I didn't have the vibes to fly last weekend either. It wasn't that I was uncomfortable or anything, but uh it was just one of those things you have a few other things on your brain and and uh I drove my fast car to the field and it looked like it was gonna rain, so that was uh that was one of the things that was kind of bothering me a little bit. I, I washed it last year and uh I haven't had to wash it <laughs> since so <laughs> i didn't want to have to wash it again <laughs> <laughs> not till did, next year <laughs> yeah not till next year yeah that's right all i gotta did do you, is dust it off a little bit
4: did you open it up on the new paved road
2: oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> Absolutely. I, heard him, I heard him when he left <laughs> it was nice well, and easy till he got the second gear and then it was it was tire squeals and all kind of shit going on
4: <laughs> so yeah. uh skids probably doesn't know about this but the the I guess the road that kind of leads uh into to the field it used to be like pothole next to the pothole. I mean you couldn't mm. really open up anything you would have trashed your car, so I turned like two weeks ago, I turned on this road, and it's like brand new paved, just and it's a straight way. it's probably what do you think probably two miles, if not more, of just straight road, oh wow, yeah, yeah, you know, so like i i, I turned on there, and I was like, if I didn't have my daughter in the car, mm. I just want to get on it.
1: Good, if I, do, you was gonna open the place
3: up, oh, i six would be screaming.
4: And I'm like, uh, I guess I'll do the responsible yeah. thing. Just put along. So yeah, the
1: the road was so bad. Ten miles an hour. Like you you had two extremes. You had people that would go ten miles an hour. Maybe if ten. Maybe not even ten miles an hour down the road. Or you had people that did like eighty. To like skip across all the (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: potholes.
1: Nice, like the locals, you know. (laughs) They knew that they could hit like eighty and just make it smooth, but uh, it was horrible.
2: Yes, if your helis weren't strapped down, they were flopping over sideways. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it was probably one of the worst roads in the U.S. If, and I'd probably put money on that (laughs) because it was bad.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's a good bet. Yep. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah, it's all flat now, so got to drive the fast car to the field. That's awesome. So, it's good.
0: Cool. What about Kevin? <sighs> hey dog. Well, Kids. my couple weeks have been weak. I was forced <laughs> to say that, people. I'm sorry. W E A K. W E A K. Yeah. yeah, they forced me to say it. <laughs> um, yeah, so the weekend after last recording, uh I Went on a family trip to Brevard and, um, and we were just doing some hiking, looking at some waterfalls, stuff like that.
2: Where Where's that?
0: North Carolina. It's in the mountains. Okay. And um, it was fun. Found it, we-
2: found it foreign. What's that?
0: Found it foreign. I
2: thought maybe you left the country.
0: <laughs> no. But uh, yeah, it's up there in the mountains. I was real close to some pretty sick trails, Mike, but no bikes with me. So uh. yeah, I know such a letdown. Have rented one probably
2: should have but um... Tell your wife you're going to use the restroom <laughs> right <laughs> she yeah. hear you up on the mountain yeah.
0: <laughs> just gotta run into the st- to the store babe be right back yeah. um yeah but it was a good time we it was uh much needed the wife was uh getting cabin fever and and so are the kids I mean they're just you know this whole quarantining business and whatever I mean they play with the kids across the street and whatever but you know they want to see their other friends from school too and and of course we can't and so anyway so we decided just to get the heck out of town and uh stretch the old dodge's legs you know mike oh, oh yeah good time
2: <laughs> even had Drinking to put her natty, in had to, some natty lights
0: <laughs> yeah had to put her in four low for just a moment there you oh, know well, had, to, well, had well. to get her done so uh yeah it was a good time but um
5: Is that a hammy?
0: (laughs) It is a hammy. Oh. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, the following week, uh, I finished up the 580 12S. So, I have the 6S and the 12S. And, um, I did a quick little backyard pull. It's freaking gnarly. That thing's so angry. And that was with the 580 blade. So, I'm curious to know. Tomorrow, I should get the 603s in, I hope. So, we'll, uh... You know, give that a whirl this weekend, see what happens. I did take it out to the back of the neighborhood, did a quick pull on it, and, uh, man, it came down, you know, warm as it should, you know, not overly hot. Batteries were good. Um, no, no shutdowns? No shutdowns. Uh, did a little bit of Whoop. tuning. Yeah, woot. <laughs> and uh, thank goodness. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, it was a little bit of tuning stuff. Uh, it had some tail gain things going on. Um, but uh yeah, it's freaking angry. I mean, it's just a, an angry machine. So love it. Uh again, this five eighties just fly amazing. I'm I'm really impressed. I I the flip and roll rate is is spot on, and of course they're super stable and uh yeah. It inspires confidence. Love it.
2: Nice. But, now I got uh, a question for you. Yeah. Does the color scheme affect you at all? Um because I've noticed watching Todd Dudek fly his, if it's after like five o'clock, it, that thing
0: disappears. Disappears, yeah. It just yeah. blacks out. Uh that's true. That's true. Um, there's a lot of black on that helicopter too, and I think they definitely missed the mark. Uh, with the black skids, they should have had. They should have been white skids. And you can buy white skids for it. They do have them. Mm. So I will be changing that out. Um, eventually. Uh, but yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, like if it's overcast or if it's like sun's going down, it can disappear pretty easily. Um, but the rest of the time, it's not so bad. Like if you're in a really, you know, blue sky and whatever, it's, I don't, I don't notice any problems, um, with it that way. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I truly hope that they come out with different schemes over time. Um, that'd be really cool. Uh but I, I if I have one request and if anybody who's affiliated that can pass the word, uh I think an orange scheme would be much better.
2: He thinks <laughs> Not they because... listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: yeah, an orange well, scheme would be much better.
2: It's kind of a bummer because and this coming from the SAB hater. That see that scheme is actually pretty badass. It is And I'm neat. kinda I'm kinda bummed to see that it's hard to see in the low lights situations, you know what I mean? Right. But I'm I'm curious to see if the nitro is gonna be any better, because that's an orange scheme, right? No, it's red. red. It's be Red. Red mm. and black and white, a little yeah. bit of white. Red usually does red pretty good awesome. though. Uh yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, not when the sun's going down. <laughs> or if you're blind. Eh, if you're getting old like me. <laughs> or if
2: you fly with your eyes closed.
4: <laughs> <laughs> or if you pull your your n95 mask over your eyes there you go yeah (laughs) (laughs) no i'm really curious you know uh, to see what that one looks like honestly like i'm i'm on board with you kevin i think that orange is definitely very helpful to to seeing it in any kind of light condition at night if you're flying on spotlights whatever you know or tower lights right yeah, during the day, overcast. I mean, it's it's so much better. And really, you know, you could. It's very interesting because if you ever fly a crack um, and orange scheme right the seven hundred, take the canopy off. Yeah. And you go right, and and pay attention where your eyes go to. The yep. moment you take the canopy off, it goes. You start flying off the boom a lot more. Yeah. Because it, it pops, and I don't know what it is. It's just a color, but. Yeah. So uh, I think it would be cool to do uh uh maybe a slightly different orange scheme. I think that would work out pretty cool. And they probably doing the custom
0: well uh, canopy, mean, right? Yeah, I mean they could mimic the seven hundred as far as I'm concerned. Like I'm okay with that. You know, it could be spit an image of a seven hundred just in a five eighty size and I would totally buy it. Um and it's not even that orange is my favorite color. It's just it just shows up so friggin' good, you know, like like you say, in, in any light it, it shows up. And, um, and yeah, that's kind of a mm. big deal for me,
2: you know? No, so. I'm I'm going to throw this out there. And if they take this and they use it, I want it to be <laughs> called the the Sobey scheme. There you go. What about orange with the blue? So instead of the yellow, make the yellow
5: all orange mm.
2: and keep the blue. Mm. I think that, I think that would look pretty sweet.
0: Every Auburn fan just like stood up and cheered. <laughs> Hell yes! <laughs> I knew I liked oh, that boy Sobe. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm gosh. ordering
6: me a Sobe scheme. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I think it's part of it is that you know when they come up, I mean the scheme looks cool, but you know it's I don't know if they really kind of say, well, you know, how does it look in the air, <laughs> right? As much as you would think, you know, I mean, yeah. they might not do it all black, but, you know,
5: yeah,
4: because all it is is then you have to figure out, you know, what can you give eyesight, you know, to to still be able to kind of indicate how you're you you know, which way is it going? Yes. Yeah.
2: or even if they eliminated some of the black scribbles. Right. It looks like. Well, uh, right. uh, uh, I don't know. Looks like their their printer went on the fritz when it was printing the scheme. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it just kinda went, Here we earthquake. go. Yeah. Oh,
0: gosh.
2: Right. You're like, oh, uh, if they kind of toned that back a little bit, would probably help. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think the white skids, like you said, skids would be. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
4: white skids. Skids.
2: Yeah. Good one. It would be. I, I think they. I
4: think there's a good enough of them sold where we'll start seeing custom canopies, right? A custom boom. Yeah. So it would be interesting to see different, you know, uh, color choices to kind of give them an idea.
0: Yeah. I mean, like I say, I'm, I don't need them to go out of their way. I'll totally take the 700 scheme on the 580 and I'd be perfectly happy, you know, with that. That would be amazing. Um, But definitely white skids, even on, on a Kraken 700, like the white skids definitely show up really good too. So when you're inverted and you're doing things like pyro funnels or whatever it's like you you don't lose it, you know? And um anyway, but so speaking about 580 and paint schemes and what have you, let's move it to the next level. What do you guys think about uh, Kyle Stacy's video with the Hyper 50 in the 580? No freaking one. Awesome. Sweet. Yeah, it's freaking I awesome.
2: I really wasn't YS. So- that's freaking awesome (laughs) I
4: I found it very interesting you know because you know we always talk and go back and forth and banter at each other right about well it's got to be a 60 it's got to be a 55 and here comes Kyle Stacy was like well well, it could be a 50
0: Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong okay you could definitely tell that like when he leaned on it you could kind of hear it you know you could kind of hear it kind of sag down a little bit But it wasn't awful. Uh, He
2: he did that on purpose to keep you YS guys happy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Could (laughs) be. be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's funny. Yeah. But I was still impressed, though. Like, it it pulled really good for being a Hyper 50. I was like, damn. So, I was not expecting that. If you're an
2: average pilot, please don't go out there and beat on your Hyper 50 like that. Because it's not going to sound the same. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You better have it tuned right too.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna
0: go out there and be like,
2: <laughs>
0: 700 <laughs> RPMs.
2: Nothing like Kyle.
0: <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, yeah that's yeah. skill. That's yeah, no, skill. definitely, definitely. He made it look freaking amazing. So, yes, he did. But uh, hmm. a lot of amazing 50 flights. Uh, I got to see Mitch Morosa doing the. um God, what was in that? Was it a in the Fury Fifty Seven? What did he have in that? Was it an Os Fifty Five at Urcha?
2: Oh, I hope so, because if he had a if he had a Hyper Fifty, we gotta reach out <laughs> to these sponsors, man, and get these guys some money so they can upgrade their Nitro Fifty size engines. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> I mean, that was a pretty pretty incredible flight too. Yes. So, yeah. yeah.
2: There's a ton of
0: fifty size yeah. nitros coming out. I think Dave needs to get an Oxy five nitro. Ooh. He yeah. Some no. predictions. Yeah. <laughs> Good
5: luck with that. I've been working on that for years. Oh.
0: Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Nope. I, I dig that one. I think somebody was showing somebody was doing the how to drill the hole for your starter wand. I thought. Yeah. That, oh, why does that was with a hole already? <laughs> yeah, that is kind of <laughs> weird. Yeah. Do you start? I, well, whatever. But
2: hmm. anyway. Yeah, Dave's over there going. Yep. Don't have to worry about that problem. <laughs> right.
1: Not a problem at all. Yeah. <laughs> as long as my power supplies hold up, I'm good.
0: There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well.
1: Yep.
0: All right. Nice. Was anybody? Is that anything? it for your week, Kevin? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Mine was short, but we tangent, we sidebarred. Okay, that's, that's good. That's all good. Yeah. A D D at its best. That's right. Yeah. Mike, what do we got next, buddy?
2: Uh, let me see here. You have to do it right. You expect I know how this show flows by now. Yeah. Uh oh. What
0: is hot? There it is. Gucci, take it away, man. Man. Weeks well, have difficult. concluded. And, what is hot? Gucci wasn't so prepared w- either, was he?
4: No, I wasn't. He's falling. He's falling. <laughs> he was I, totally I, solid. I'm trying, I'm trying I to can hear his it. mouse wheel scrolling. <laughs> so, I was, you know, we were trying to come up with what we we're going to talk about. What What is hot? And, uh... We, we had a few takes on it, but I think we settled on uh was it five bullets right so five new things that I've seen um, or Kevin's seen or Mike have seen yeah in the past two weeks. So the first one is the new uh Urkai mm-hmm. Genesis, which yes. is based on the Kraken airframe so that's uh they released even the uh, the it's not the final color scheme they said, but it's like green and white. It's definitely cool looking. I think Skids is ready to buy one, or at least watch people fly
0: one. (laughs) It'd be neat. That's a 750 heli too, so it's you know it's good size. Don't don't do it. it. Oh gosh. How long have you been on the show, Mike? I think you should know by now.
2: Yeah, that's what worries me. (laughs) You might do it. (laughs) We we change our
0: fleets on a weekly basis. I think it's possible with this group, right? Yeah.
2: You're like three swaps short of Scott Graham. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: it's true. He's been pretty consistent, though. Let's give him some credit.
2: Well, he's been that's working true. on his car.
0: Yeah. Well, that's true. That's true.
4: <laughs> he swapped some parts on there. That's it. <laughs> no. yeah, he's, got, he's got
2: the Kraken transmission in his Audi. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: that's what that sound was. I thought it was it a was, turbo sound of funny. Oh, no. So yeah, I think it's pretty cool, and I think uh, you know now that I'm on this like doing precision hovering. Of course, it was the question was, like, are you gonna buy one? And I'm like, ah, I don't think I'm quite ready to be at that level. So, but it's definitely cool, and we know that. I think what was the Yurkai, the 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 old version, the classic, was fourteen hundred bucks.
0: Uh, so uh, was well, sixteen hundred for the one.
4: Yeah, so, so. it was quite old. Well, it was the World Champion Edition. So. Mm. You know, it's it's not a uh, easy to to kind of make it happen, but it's definitely cool looking, and you know very well. I, I think just messing around with the uh, the standard crack and it's got potential. So, so predictions.
0: Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Predictions. Okay. Pricing. What are we thinking? Fifteen fifty for me. Fifteen fifty. Mm. Yep. I'm gonna go low. <laughs> Hopes okay. and dreams. Hopes and dreams. Uh, Fourteen fifty.
5: Okay.
0: Ooh, that's low.
4: <laughs> for well, for
0: an F three C.
2: Now is this is this still three blade?
0: No, uh, I don't no. think so.
2: Hmm. Is is
0: it a three blade tail? Mm, I don't remember. Stand by, the by. Yeah. You, I team that, and then. Uh, we'll, yeah, we'll I'm. Get back. I'm gonna say. Twelve
1: forty nine ninety nine. Twelve forty nine ninety nine. Really? That's mm-hmm. low. I mean, maybe that takes take a take So, yeah, what? What's the Kraken, though? I mean, what's the thousand bucks. A thousand, a thousand bucks f- uh, yeah, for? Thousand. Thousand ninety six. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I maybe twelve hundred bucks, like Mike says. That's what
2: I'm oh, thinking. I thought you were gonna go twelve twelve fifty.
1: All right, so 1275.
2: The- <laughs> Wait, well, how's the Jeopardy thing work? You go a dollar above or below to that's the price is right, buddy. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Jeopardy.
4: So, based on the rendering, it's showing like it's two bladed head and two bladed tail, which
2: okay. interesting. So, I thought the three blade thing was like the Yurkai flagship uh- was three blade stuff.
4: I think what they do is you could you could run a three bladed or you could just do a speed up tail pulley, right? So I think it's all about playing with, with what you are looking for, right? You could do it one or one way or the other. Because a lot of the uh you know the, the specialty airframes like the uh F three C frames are actually two bladed. Mm-hmm. And and really the Eurokai was the one of the first one that they they came out. I think the World Champion Edition was three bladed.
2: Mm. I mean, or, or. You no know, the 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 Yurkai's always been three blade from the start. Really? I I think you're right on that, I but I think there was, the option, two,
0: there was a two. There was a two blade. Yeah, well, in the beginning, yeah. it was a
2: three blade oh, okay. and a two blade. Either way, yes. Yeah. In 30 days, the new one's going to be out with three blades. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's actually not going to be up-blade. out until
0: the end of the year. Oh, okay. yeah! They're already teasing it, and wow. it's not coming out. Yeah, that's quite. Uh, Sav's getting ballsy. Yeah, wow, that's
2: big. But Usually at least they—they they don't, they don't tease until it's ready to go. Typically,
0: mm-hmm. but at least they did announce, like, "Hey, it's not coming until the end of the year." Hmm. So, Dave,
1: what was awesome. your price?
2: Well, I changed it a few times. Twelve
0: seventy-five.
2: 1275.
1: All right. Yeah.
2: Anywhere between 50 and (laughs) 7,000. So, the
4: the Yurikai World Champion Edition that's available, it's actually in stock. Uh, It's actually a two bladed tail, two bladed head.
0: Mm, Okay.
4: And I think the three bladed, you probably could do a three bladed if you wanted to. It's just an upgrade or whatever you want to call it.
0: But it's a carbon shell. shell. Like it's full carbon. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I we'll change my price. Like, yeah, the- <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, so it's cracking Kraken. I mean, the Kraken, huh? Yurikai is yeah. going to be full carbon.
2: So, yeah. No, I'm saying, so. I'm saying 1249.99. 1249. Oh, okay. My bad. I put yeah. Get, oh, God. So, to give you guys <laughs> an idea,
4: <laughs> the Yurikai World Champion Edition regular price on the GoblinHelicopter.com is regular price is sixteen forty, And right now Gosh. they have it down to twelve thirty wow
2: so well does mine count if if it goes on sale black friday for twelve forty nine? it's
4: it's release price yeah. that's what we're we're betting on right now not sales wow. not how well they'll go in God, two who's years buying
1: now. that thing that's yeah. a big canopy though i guess
4: <laughs> well it's yeah. technically you know, almost an 800, yeah. an, an 800 an 800 size helicopter right because even like the t-rex you have the 760 that's really the f3c i mean they have the smaller versions that you could do at f3c options or whatever but really their flagship that they put into the few fuselages the 760x i believe now so Mm -hmm. it's 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 definitely not you know slim slender (laughs) yeah it's the big kahuna right
0: all right, so to recap, we have Gucci at 1550. Yep. We have Skids at 1450. Mike, yard sale is at uh 1249.99. That's right. And we got uh Mr. Karish at twelve seventeen
1: 1700 Se- 1700,
0: <laughs> okay? Moving again? To- <laughs> hey, Dave, I'm just going to put yeah. in 17,000 just for good measure.
1: Yeah.
4: That'll work. <laughs> <laughs> Never
0: gonna get it. Never gonna get it. Uh, yes, I'd like to put my price in at unobtainium. There we go.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's like it'll be on sale.
0: Yeah, depending on the conversion rate. Right. You know. Yeah. Unobtainium. I. Yeah. I definitely. Uh, it's going to be expensive. I even think that I'm guessing low too. I. It would yeah. not surprise me if it was sixteen hundred bucks. It really wouldn't.
2: Yeah, that seems insane.
0: That's yeah. a lot of money. Well, I mean, but the Kraken stuff, you know, definitely outprices, you know, all the regular Goblin stuff, or at least, you know, you know what yeah. I mean? I guess if you're just hovering it, you're not going to be buying parts. Mm. So Fair ooh, point. You know, They got to yeah. get all their part money up front. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, that's what <laughs> I'm saying.
2: Yeah. No. <laughs> Predictions version 2.0. Okay. How long until Monty buys one? Ooh.
1: No. No. Nah. I don't think he is. He's, no. uh, I I'll thank you all.
2: He's big Diabolo.
0: <laughs> Team Diabolo. Yeah, I like
1: those helicopters. They fly great.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, they do. And, no, so I, I think
4: I don't think Monty would ever change from Diabolo. No.
2: How long till Gucci gets one? How about that? I had The whole mm. going all F three C on him.
0: yeah. yeah. And being yeah. Gucci,
2: you gotta he buy did. the most expensive job. <laughs> yeah, he did
0: say that he was saving money for it until the end of the what? year. I'll buy your electric Kraken.
4: <laughs> Ooh, well, I need to have a backup. Gosh, see that's
1: you guys- Gucci. not not if you're just hovering.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so we, you know, me, me and Skids were. You could be, you could be the bougiest guy at the field.
4: Yeah. Well, here's the deal. And uh, you know, I was talking to other people about it. I'm like, I, I want to do a few competitions, like a season or something like that. And, and see if it, if the passion lives before I go to something like that, because the reality behind it's like, you probably, to a certain degree, you probably could even do the, the conversion from our standard crack into that. You know, you're just going to spend a lot of money. Right.
2: I give it three weeks.
4: <laughs> I don't, I don't think I'm so quick. Like I, I, my honest opinion on it is that, you know, depending on what the price is, if I'm able to save some money, then I would consider it, right? But do you really need that for your lower classes or competition? The F3C style, precision hovering, class 1, 2, or 3? I don't think you do. You know, no. that's just my...
2: What do you think, Kevin? But if you're Gucci, you do. Right. I was going to say, yeah. F3C Gucci- with a Kraken is not very Gucci.
4: Yeah, but the the Gucci persona does not bring any money in to support the <laughs> Gucci persona. You know what I mean? <laughs> so oh, I mean, geez. I mean anything. Even the when I bought the Kraken, you know, it's it was eleven, well, eleven fifty at the yeah. time when he released. So I mean, even that was tough. But you know, here's the deal too: is you know, when you have let's say the motor, you have the ESC have some of the servos it's not as bad right so you know it's definitely uh not an easy pill to swallow but i mean 1700 they, I, is pretty bad i'm just saying you know yeah it, it that's, is that's, but yeah. you know look at it this way so we did the math right if you buy an xl power f3c uh frame which is the Wraith, i think it's called mm, yeah that's mm. that's Eight hundred plus, right? Almost yeah. nine hundred bucks, I think it is. Yeah, right. Some here real quick. Half the price. Right. Yeah. So that's eight hundred plus. Then you gotta put a fuselage on it. That's gonna run you probably another eight hundred to probably fifteen hundred dollars for the more expensive ones.
2: Yeah. No, that's so, true. so well, I might you, be able to help you out here, Gucci. Hold on one second.
4: No <laughs> oh,
1: wait. Okay. You really don't need a
4: fuselage though, do you? No to, to compete? You compete, you don't. You know, that's not right. a requirement in, right. in any of it. You know, it's not it's, about it's that, more... Dave. It's about how yeah.
0: bougie you are. Yeah. Oh, All
2: right, Gucci. Okay. So hear me out. A Ford okay. Flex quarter panel right now is going for about nine hundred and seventy one dollars.
3: <laughs> uh, you want me you to got get into two. an
2: accident?
0: You got two. I got two. You got two.
2: Hey, listen. I mean, that's your cracking right there. Listen, so do you really need quarter panels?
0: And you don't need the hood. Just take that shit right <laughs> off. I mean, right.
4: <laughs>
2: Windshield I got some flashlights, we can get rid of the headlights.
0: Yeah.
4: <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. I might I might just start like uh, <laughs> delivering using my car to deliver uh campers. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Put a good um, on the roof. Yeah. Or just you know, just take to pop up campers, say you know, the best there is for pop-up camper transportation. Yeah. So, no, it's definitely interesting. Um, it's cool to see that, you know, Goblin is doing what Goblin does. They keep releasing new models. And to be honest, no matter what the price is, it's cool that these companies there are still producing, coming out with new models. It's, it's definitely mm-hmm. something that we need to keep going one way or another, you know? Yep. So the... Other new thing that I saw uh that was in the news was there's a collaboration between Lynx and MRCI pipes. Did you guys see that? Yes, sir. And I did not. yeah. So I kept that, scrolling. <laughs> 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 He's not about that natural life, guys. You know, just gotta you gotta forgive mm-hmm. him. You know? So yeah, the the I guess the, what they're working on is that Lynx is doing the uh, standoff uh, for the pipe for the MRCI pipe for fifty five sixty
0: size nitro motors. We so, knew that was coming eventually. So
4: yeah, it, it, well, it was kind of like there's sort of speak of a drought right now in that size, right? Hmm. You know, um, you could what get poor Kyle. Poor Kyle.
2: Yeah, what about his 50 Hyper? <laughs> he's, probably,
4: he's probably using a boost can or something he's, on the He's side. got a muscle
2: pipe on it. The, right, there you go. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I, I thought it was
4: cool to see that Luca, you know, he's got obviously the Oxy helicopters, but he's he's trying to, you know, kind of spread out and help out other parts of the hobby, which is cool. So... All right, bullet number three. Let's get excited. Who's ready for this? Uh, new Ooh. scorpion backup guard. That's pretty interesting. Yep. Yeah. So I, I really don't think it's like, oh my god, this is the newest of the new type technology, but it kind of um, is. It is for the scorpion bug. Uh, yes. Okay, just continue. Go ahead. Right. Um, uh, because it could actually uh, recharge. Right, the biggest thing that I saw that it's appealing and to that's, me is,
0: that's what makes it special. Yeah, um, but
2: OptiGuard's been doing that for yeah a while. Yeah, n-
0: no, because you have to unplug it to charge it.
2: No, you don't. You don't no, have to. No, charge, charge to charge it charges during sounds, flight.
0: Yeah, yeah. You unplug it because it actually, if you let it
4: plugged in, the battery to the board, it would actually drain the battery for if you let it sit for too
0: long of a time.
2: Yeah, that's what but it is. Yeah, it charges while you're flying. Yep.
0: Yeah, but if you let it sit, it will deplete. Yeah. So the scorpion bug is. is not like that.
4: Well, they a bug say it's you not. had to turn
0: off. Uh, allegedly. Right. Yeah, allegedly.
4: We'll
1: see.
0: We're talking about I, bug number two.
1: Yeah. Oh, bug number two.
4: <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, right, right. It's hot. Yeah, it's hot.
4: So I think it's cool because I do use the version one, the old version of the backup guard. Um, I wouldn't be. You know, opposed to getting some of the new ones because they stay charged, right? Right. You know, they keep recharging, which is cool. Because just like today's, I tend to use those a lot for like setup. So, So you know, like, you know, if I need, you know, if like today I change the servo on my Kraken, right? So when I put it back on, I just make sure that everything is still level. I just use that backup guard and just turn that on. I don't have Mm -hmm. to plug in a, you know, stick pack into my heli, you know, just to get that done. So um cool uh definitely keep your eye out for that um the Mm -hmm. next thing that it's i don't think it's it's new to um what augie copter is doing but they he's got a x glow glow igniter now module uh very similar to the U-glow that uh nick maxwell mike DePowler is putting out which has all the cool features like anti-chicken dance and so on and so forth so uh, if you are interested, just you know, give Augie a a shout out, and he'll probably give you all the the lowdown of uh, the nitro gl- glowing niter. So
0: it actually does it, quite a bit. I it, I don't yeah. have all that stuff memorized, but I mean, it has quite a few feature-rich things, and um, mm-hmm. it. But yeah, I mean, it does come at a cost. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's not awful though, right? It's like eighty bucks. Mm, might be even less than that. I think it's around 80 bucks, but it but the question is, does it come with all the extras as an inclusive package for 80 bucks, or do you buy more on top of that? Um,
2: all I'm saying is my push glow from Hobby King for 599 works <laughs> great. Well,
0: and I know this is much more expensive than that, <laughs> but the switch glow to me, I mean it's been like the de facto standard for as long as I've been in the hobby since you know 10 11 years ago you know, mm-hmm. so.
2: But I guess the it whole does, like it back It does not have and... anti-chicken dance though.
4: <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> it does not. What do you use? You use that special feature the
0: spring, right? That's right.
2: Uh, on some of them, yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: right. Yep. The Rex does not have the spring mod.
0: Mm.
2: And I'm pretty sure I need a new ring and sleeve and clutch <laughs> and liner. <laughs> <laughs> After last weekend.
1: So.
3: <laughs>
1: uh, oh see, yeah, that's right. You had to go run out and shut it off. Huh? Yeah, to rip After the fuel lines the off. It. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. That one time you didn't put your safety spring on it.
2: Yep. Yeah. And it they always say it takes three chicken dances to do that. <laughs> that's number four. So <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't say too much Uh, i'm not the smartest guy in the world but i (laughs) put a spray on there (laughs)
0: but you can chicken dance like nobody's business
2: oh baby sorry yes uh, hijack thing here
4: (laughs) i mean listen once again it's you know there's really no preference to which one is better but it's just cool that we see these little things that uh, new products coming out especially right now nitro is kind of hot you know i'm not saying that it's you know people don't do electric anymore but it's there's new models coming out and um it's definitely interesting and i did look it up it's 59.95
0: okay. at xguardrc.com yeah hmm. but and it, it, something about logging too
4: yeah so it's got you could do both uh you could it's got a button on it that you could turn it on uh from the unit itself or you could use a radio switch it has an audio feedback warning when the glow plug is defective so it'll probably beep at you or something like that um a three position switch can be used for off uh, locator buzzer and glow plug on so like you know how if you go deep into the the beans mic sometimes uh, you you could set it up so it actually buzzes so you know where the location is if it's you know if you get close to it.
2: now that that can be handy. Yeah. Especially you
5: in
4: know. corn. Yeah. yeah. Seven yeah. foot tall corn.
2: <laughs> Dave, you want to elaborate on your uh, experience? Oh, yeah, we we're looking
1: for the helicopter I lost in the corn this past the uh, fun fly, and uh, I had an ESC that was beeping. <laughs> and Mike's Mike standing there going It's around here really close And I shine the flashlight At his feet and he's standing on my tailbone <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm like dude it sounds Really close It's gotta be around here somewhere It's right here somewhere
4: <laughs> uh, So This know, would be very beneficial Wouldn't it <laughs> So yeah then um, This is where it gets interesting it says it's got a built-in additional functions if you want to use them Uh, if the throttle connected to the port one bottom won't start when open so no hot starts so it sounds like it's got almost like an anti-hot start uh types uh function Mm -hmm. and then if the rpm sensor is connected it will monitor the rpm and throttle and it will stop a runaway engine when it sees rpm while throttle is disconnected so that's how it you know protects you against the chicken dance right so it monitors the rpm so i think what happens if it sees like x amount of rpm over then it it just shuts it off for you which i don't know what would happen if you do a massive overspeed so i don't know if it's just such a high number that there's no way you could overspeed it but you know because a lot of times you know it's your r p m is off your uh not necessarily the head but it's actually off the motor right so I, I think you'd be you'd be good against like over speeding and thinking it's a if it's, runaway motor it's
2: coming off of the crankcase then you'd be fine, but mm-hmm. I think if you're running the the magnets on the bell you might be able to shut it off
4: mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. overspeed speed it right
2: yeah, so that you know I'm sure.
4: If the Augie listens, then he might be able to point us And if yeah. if that could
0: happen, I guess. It's yeah. it's feature rich, man. It's it's a techie little piece of gear. Like it's yeah, there's a lot is. to it. It's Pretty not cool. just your normal, you know, glow yeah. driver. I mean it's there's a lot going on there. So definitely and, check and it I, out.
4: Yeah, I think the U Glow is very similar to like where it's got an anti chicken dance. So it's it's cool that these things are getting techie and they're still small size. Yep. You know. Nice. All right, we beat that one to death. Let's move to the next one. How about the new uh nitro motor uh aluminum heads, the custom ones with the
0: two plugs? I'm it's trying more, to
2: more better uh, as yeah. well. Is
0: it why?
2: This is called better. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> okay, fair. <laughs> All, All right, right. there should so, have been Mo,
0: Mo in front of it for sure. I thought
1: that was out a long time ago. Well, yeah, you, they had you,
0: the the viper head viper, mm-hmm. right now. Yeah.
4: So looking at, so Beta 2500 is the user on Helifreak that is doing this custom CNC machining for these heads. And we're looking, it's under the engine and muffler discussion group on the Helifreak. But if you look into that long thread, he
0: was doing this stuff back in
4: 2010.
2: Yeah, they had a Viper head for a while. I don't know if it's the same right. person or not.
0: No, well, it's, I think it's different. But that was for 91s. I don't think it was for the 105 yeah. where this is for the uh, 105.
2: Gotcha. I, yeah, I
0: so,
4: yeah, so I think he stopped more or less redoing a lot of this, or maybe he was doing it, but just very low key. But uh, that was like with the 91s. Well, somebody got on that thread for back from 2010 and was like, hey, can you... You still doing this stuff? And he was like, Yeah, I'm actually getting ready to do some ninety-six heads.
2: No, he actually so, said, Can you make this one oh five more better? <laughs>
0: Mo more better.
2: <laughs> Anything's I gonna th-
0: make it better, I'm just saying.
4: Oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think generally you're not gonna see a a performance increase per se, like looking from like a power, you know, power band or anything like that. I think generally what you're going to see is that the engine, especially if you do a lot of autos, it will run more consistent. Mm. And some people say that the engines tend to run a little bit smoother generally, like not as much vibration.
0: Mm. So 96 could have some help there.
4: Yeah. And I think that's what he, you know, he's, I think he does some 96s. I think he's doing some 105s. But what I find interesting, like I think I, for the 105, yeah. I think it was like eighty bucks, mm. eighty to a hundred dollars. Which and a is couple of pretty
0: dollars. standard.
4: Yeah. Well, the old Viper heads, somebody was well, looking through that thread, it was like, well, the old Viper head was like a hundred and thirty plus. Mm-hmm. And the people that were commenting on it is like, I just don't see you know if it's value added at a hundred and thirty. Right. Right. So, you know, to see that you're getting a custom machine piece of that size out of you know uh aircraft grade aluminum 7075 is pretty interesting Mm
3: -hmm.
4: you know for for that price but yeah it's all done and on his cnc machine and he even gave out the information of what kind of cnc machine is and everything so definitely cool look at look for it you know if you're one of those uh tinkers that are trying to put the new of the new and try new things or different things on your nitro motors definitely interesting I think yeah. if somebody even mentioned doing one for the 55. So mm. so what what are the benefits of that? I mean, what's what's the claims? So the claims is that, you know, having... Well, it's kind of like full-scale. So a lot of the full-scale motors have two uh, plugs, right? One is for redundancy, right, in, in flight. But the other is, too, that it, it burns more efficiently, right? So... You know, they say, you know, like somebody asked, like, do you see a difference in ru- the motor running cooler? And I think uh Scott, uh, fence post, he was like, I, when I used one, I didn't see, uh, you know, a difference. But then again, I wasn't flying at that level where I was like trying to heat soak the engine all the time. Right. right. What he said is that if you're shooting a lot of auto rotations, it just seems like overall it's a little bit smoother performance out of the motor. Gotcha. but. Power-wise, I don't, you know, he was. I don't think that you're gonna see yeah. like a thirty percent increase in power or anything like that. Right. not so really Maybe
1: you know, maybe if you have one. a rich tune, if you have a rich tune, maybe yeah. it runs smoother, right? Yeah, yeah. you know, you be able to have two chances to burn all the fuel. Yeah,
2: combustion. Yeah, you YS guys might be able to tune your stuff.
4: Oh my God, here with,
2: with <laughs> your own parts.
4: Well, there's a reason why he's doing YS's first, right?
2: Yeah, there's so. a market, mm-hmm. <laughs> so
4: <laughs> I, I just uh, thought it was interesting. You know, it's not something new per se, like it's never been done before, but it seems like it's getting some uh, some traction of coming back and being a thing that people use. So
2: hmm. nice, I like it.
4: That's all I got.
2: A lot of uh, cool. hobbyists coming out with products, man. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. I think,
4: I, I think that makes it cool, you know, and I yeah. think it kind of carries it, it, so to speak, throws a lifeline to the hobby, you know, that there's still people like that trying to stay involved mm-hmm. and doing new product, new ideas and everything else. It's like the power tune, you know, uh, kit, you know, it's it's something simple, but at the same time, it's it helped out a lot of people. Right. So it's definitely needed. it needs to keep going on.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm waiting mm-hmm. on my uh, Yardbird 700 still. You know what I mean, eh? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'd like to
2: take one for a rip, eh?
0: Mm. <laughs> yeah. Put my toque on. Yep. Get my uh, double-double.
2: Yep. Put it on Timmy's. Get a double-double.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got anything else to add to what is hot?
2: Yeah, there's one more. What you got? Woo. So this this is also from a Holy Freak user. This is fresh off the press. Oh. Uh, heli freak user is Mike Soby. No space. Is that right? There is a.
0: <laughs> I hear he's a douchebag, but go ahead. Well, he's...
2: <laughs> he's got some good products. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> so he Please. has
2: a a machining stamp set available. Is that right? Um, where yeah, you uh, ys guys can take an os engine and stamp ys into it. And go to your field and actually get it to start and run in front of your, uh, your flying buddies. Is that right? Mm. Yeah. Pretty cool. You know, it's hotter than hot.
4: My, my OS did not chicken <laughs> dance all over the field, you know, just well, saying,
0: you know, you can't go stamping an t- OS because you know, it already has heat soaking problems. You can't thin the material anymore. <laughs> you know? Just uh, saying. Yeah.
1: And, no, and no. Gucci, you were working on your YS this, this mm-hmm. past weekend. <laughs>
2: yeah. But oh, that's I got a also... witness this time, buddy. <laughs> yeah.
4: But that YS2 is probably older than the OS that Mike has. <laughs> and including. I'm pretty
2: sure I seen that regulator in pieces. <laughs> I was cleaning it, but it wasn't. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. After that, that YS was running tip top yep. shape.
2: Yeah, it did sound pretty good. After that, he cleaned it at home before he came out.
4: <laughs> oh, yeah, so that was this—that uh, carbure- carburetor uh, spacer, it was leaking. We had leakage.
2: Mm, yeah, you—you you definitely had a leak. You had shit <laughs> all over the inside of that canopy, man. <laughs>
4: I think he was trying to tell me to do the good old Gucci car wash or helicopter wash, all over again. Yeah,
2: that's a Gucci car wash, all right. <laughs> Freaking forty bucks a gallon
0: well <laughs> uh, yeah it's worth more so, than that you can't buy it anymore
4: yeah if it's an os you might not even find parts for it
2: <laughs> you don't need parts <laughs>
4: <laughs> who was who was talking about uh having to do a lot of work to their os dave yes
2: uh, dave,
4: <laughs> dave. <laughs> he, needs, he needs to buy one first uh,
1: i just sell them when they get yeah. to that point
4: yeah you found a sucker, didn't you? No, uh, no. Yeah, me. <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna get a, nit- a nitro fifty size mic?
2: Uh, air uh, well, I have a nitro fifty size engine and Hatori pipe over here, thanks to my buddy Dave. Mm. So five eighty, huh? Uh, no. Oxy, <laughs> please get a five eighty. <laughs> so he's gonna,
0: he's gonna get the NX six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs>
2: I'm gonna I get a rave a rave sixty. Ooh.
4: There Has anyone go. come out with the Oxy-5 Nitrate hour field yet? Might no.
2: I'm waiting. I'm, I'm
4: just waiting patiently. You'll be waiting a thinking. long time. You'll be waiting for a while. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to come out of the woodworks. I know. Maybe Dave.
2: Probably, mm-hmm. if I were to guess, probably Maselli.
4: <laughs> Let's not kick the man while he's down. Yeah,
2: Maselli likes to uh, experiment. He likes, he likes to build new models. <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, he was flying the the heck out of that proto said the fun fly.
2: Yeah, he was having fun yeah. with that.
4: So
0: all right, let's uh, move this guy along. So do it. What we got what next? We, got. we uh, Mike, what's this next thing here? What we got?
2: Uh the football school. Football school. Football school. Yeah, football school.
0: All right. So last time it was, uh elevator flips. Uh, I'm assuming both front and backward, if you could do that. And, of course, in all orientations. um, And uh, uh, was there people who did that one? I can't remember now. I've been sort of MIA on Facebook a little bit. But but this week, we've got, or for this show, we've got aileron rolls. So same thing. Keep it stationary. And you're going to roll it. Uh, in, you know, all orientations. So nose left, nose right, tail in, nose in, and even the 45s if you can do those. So Ooh. Yeah. So let's see some rollage, some aileron rolls, stationary. So uh, I think uh, our fence post is going to do a video this weekend, and uh, that should be up by the time the show airs. We hope so.
1: That, that almost sounds like XFC, uh,
0: the last time they had it, I think that was
1: one of the set maneuvers. Was it? You had to, yeah, and I think it was, uh, you had to do the 12 points on your tail and roll it oh, around wow. like a clock. Ah. I, can't, I think they called it a clock, but uh, yeah. So it was just aileron roll, and you hit the 12 points in the clock all the way around, which is probably really good practice. I actually practice that.
2: That's but, awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I can't even do that. <laughs> it gets
0: pretty dicey sometimes. It's a I'll hard bet. maneuver.
5: Yeah.
0: But yeah, if you would mind, go ahead and uh, you know do those videos for us and post them with the hashtag Full Pull School, and uh, we would love to uh, to see you guys participate. So get on out there and uh, hashtag Get Your Ass Out and Fly. Let's do it.
2: Anybody got anything else to add? Make sure you share your video if you crash because I want to see it. Mm,
0: Perfect. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, take a short break and we'll be right back. Mm, So
6: I came out here to Urchin Jamboree 2020. Mm, All I can see is this musty arm, some bitch over here. He got a damn megaphone in his hands. Keeps on yelling shit over there to Shaggy. Telling them to the land, I don't know what that's all about. hmm let's see what we got over here. Oh, wait, there's nothing! Ain't nobody here! I'm just gonna go hang out with Arnold. Fuck okay. it! Mmm. Alright, so I got my tent set up over here. I think I'm gonna crash. Be nice to be able to cuddle up with someone, though. Let me see if I can get that muscle on some bitch. Come on over here, Yeah. Over here, I got some popsicles for you. Hmm. No, not you, Shaggy. Get the hell out of here. No, get away from me. Don't touch me, there! We don't do gummy worms here. Oh, that's it. I'm going home. This is bullshit.
0: right, welcome back, everybody. We have a great topic tonight. We're going to talk about where were we two years ago versus today. And uh, of course, we have many topics to cover on that. And uh, Gucci, why don't you kick it off? Hmm. First thing that comes
4: to my mind, since we're so used to this, is the difference in your fleet. So, mm. what have you changed from two years ago to now? Captain? A lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, where 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 is fence posts when you need them for this one? Right.
0: So, kind of, uh, what's your experience?
4: Yeah. What have you done?
0: Well, for me, uh, let's see. I mean, a couple years ago, that was 2018, right? So, gosh, I mean, I I really and truly, I started out with small stuff. And it was just really, I, I think you and I were talking about this, where we were starting out with small helis. And I think that was kind of where we were going to reside for a while. And then, of course, that just didn't work out at all, did it? So, we <laughs> sorry we, you're right I'm its quickly, your right? friggin fault, um, so we started out with like five hundred millimeter helicopters, and uh so I had the five sixteen at the time, and coincidentally in twenty eighteen at spring Fling, uh when I met yard sale, uh I friggin yard sailed my helicopter, so uh, but yeah, and I
2: appreciate that,
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh. But yeah, I, it pretty much, I, you know, for the longest time I was, I was like Mike and I was a total goblin hater and, um, that changed obviously. (laughs) So I pretty much, I, from two years ago to today, uh, I've, I've found home with, with goblin helicopters. I just, I like the way they fly. They fit what I'm trying to do. And from a visibility standpoint too. So, (sighs) yeah what about you gooch well i i could definitely
4: say i tried different brands right so synergy excel tsa nitro um models electric models but yeah i I, i'm right there with you i started with small and we had this plan of just staying small kind of getting back into the hobby after taking a little bit of hiatus a few years back and it backfired, also, but <laughs> you know, it, it's it's what makes the hobby fun for us, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I and I, I want to say that I, I I think now I fly old Goblin, but I enjoyed my synergy too. I enjoyed the Excel, you know. Mike has that Excel now, so mm-hmm. I, I think it was definitely a huge uh, revolving door of heli, so to speak. You know, some new, some used um definitely got even radio wise right so you know that made a a huge difference too is having a new radio right you know going from the basic uh v control to the touch it made things a little bit easier so heck you could pretty much go through the process of setting something up pretty quick too so well well, for you and
0: i just getting into v bar in general i think that was like a huge thing for us too yeah yeah
4: so yeah can i say i found my home at goblin yes um would i try different things that's also a yes so i think the fleet has predominantly moved to 700 right now i could tell oh. you that size wise it's seven hundreds. <laughs> so um it's it's been a, a rocky road but it wasn't in a bad way right it was just ups and downs through changing the fleet over and over and over again and I think that kind of made it interesting, but at the same time, sometimes stressful. So, home with Goblin, but definitely enjoy trying out the other brands too. Mm-hmm. So, that's kind of where I'm at today with the fleet-wise is Goblin. Nice. Sorry, Mike.
2: I'm I'm curious <laughs> to to hear what uh what Dave's process is on this one.
1: My process? Yeah, what, what to. I eliminate churn <laughs> two years ago is probably when I made the decision that I was spending way too much money in the hobby. Mm. So the churn of helicopters probably ended up, it started about two years ago and uh, you know, I went through all of them. Uh, but now I mean, well I'm trying to think of when JR decided they were going to go bankrupt and I ended up buying a bunch of JR Forza 700s on the cheap. Uh, airframes, so I have about four of those sitting around, and I really enjoy the helicopters, so I've stuck with those. Um, I've only added those two years: the uh, Oxy Five, um, a Diablo L, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's about it. Because I had a Diablo Black Edition before that, so I'm pretty much a heli whore. <laughs> I, I like to keep all the brands around you know and uh so i i really don't move helicopters that much i just learn to fly what i have and and uh do it up so uh, nice because it gets really expensive real quick if you start uh passing through helicopters and i and,
0: and i can and, relate to that yeah yeah yeah
1: it gets really expensive the other thing i really don't like is shipping helicopters when you do sell them Mm-hmm. so that's like a deterrent for me to begin with because i have a i don't know i just worry about uh the helicopter making it there safe you know i'm uh I'm i kind of worry about the end product when it gets to the person mm-hmm. and whether or not i packed it well enough so i think the last helicopter I, I sold was my e5 synergy e5 and uh i spent uh i spent a lot of money on bubble wrap just to make sure that baby got uh Mm-hmm. Got to where it needed to go, so I really don't like shipping off helicopters. And uh, so I think I found uh, a good, a good mix of different helicopters,
5: nice. and uh, I'm pretty happy. Uh,
1: I'm not in the search of equipment. I've never been an equipment guy, so I I, uh, I don't get hung up on new equipment too much because it's uh, a lot of it's just the same stuff remade. I think, I personally think. I mean, all radios work the same. You just might have to go through a few different steps to make adjustments. Or wireless units, you know, they all work yeah. pretty good if you learn how to tune them. So that's weird. I kind of, I, I, I kind of lost that that buzz of getting new equipment. So, and that was, and to be honest with you, it probably started about two years ago. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I'm happy where I'm at. And I don't mind getting new helicopters or selling helicopters. I just don't do it that often anymore. So, But, uh, yeah, I'm happy with my fleet. And the majority of it is bigger helicopters. So, you know, I think 550, 600 is probably the smallest size I have now. Most of them are 700s. So, yeah, good stuff.
2: I like it. It's a good hobby. Yeah, so I'm pretty much, well, I used to be the polar opposite of Dave. Uh, Dave actually used to call me the horse trader. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. And uh, I would go through helicopters pretty much maybe at least once a month. I would have something else showing up to to play with. Um, I kind of gotten away from that this year, especially. Uh, I I guess like pretty much the same story as everybody else. You know, you want to try everything that's out there find out where your home is and you know for my flying style and for you know i go out i like to have fun the 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 model is just a thing for me i'm not attached to it in any way um i have no emotional attachments to anything so i go out and i just kind of beat on it and have fun it goes in it goes in if it doesn't then it's going to go in probably within the next couple flights so Um, I try not to buy super, super expensive models, although I would love to be, have a fleet of Diablos because they look like they fly really, really good. Uh, but I just, you know, I, I have too much fun. I get sucked into that, uh, contagion that we were talking about earlier and I start doing silly stuff and, you know, it, it bites me a lot more often than, than not. So, right uh so yeah i pretty much found my home with the xl products for now uh they're pretty reasonable and they fly really well so i have no reason to really try anything i have really no desire to to buy anything new the the one thing i definitely wanted to try was the protos nitro um i flew my 700n for a long time my old b1 t-rex and was kind of looking for something to replace that, but all the ones that I tried were, were good, but not quite as good as the 700N. And I think with the ProtoS Nitro, I think I found that replacement, so um, I did end up getting rid of the 700N and now have the ProtoS Nitro. And I keep around the, the T-Rex 700XN just so I have something to throw in the beans on the weekends. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's pretty good trying to stick with what I have for a while, keep it going, and just having fun.
0: So, do you miss the 700N? Uh,
2: I do and I don't. I do because it, it had its own feel. Um, The, the Protoss Nitro feels really well, and that's kind of what I was looking for, something super light, super floaty. Um, and I definitely got that with the Protoss Nitro. The part that I don't miss about the 700N was the parts were getting, some of the stuff was getting hard to get a hold of. Uh, I bought up a couple airframes off of Helifreak in, in different places so I can kind of pick them apart for spares, but a lot of the stuff was getting really hard to get a hold of, like the plastic uh, piece for the front of the frame where you mount the the gyro and all that stuff. Those crack almost every crash. And those are really hard to find for the V1. So right. um, stuff like that was getting kind of frustrating because you'd have to dig around for a couple weeks before you can actually find it to get it fixed and get it back in the air if you didn't have it laying around. Uh, or you're you're trying to epoxy stuff back together to make it work. And, you know, it just wasn't, I don't know, you felt like you had a piece of shit after you fixed it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So having a nice modern geometry, modern you know, parts and, and stuff like that was, was refreshing when I got the Protoss Nitro. So, um, yeah, I miss it for the nostalgic reason, I guess, because it was the V1. It was my first Nitro. It was, uh, you know, it was, I, I, I spent a lot of time. That was probably the longest model I've ever owned. I owned that thing for probably three or four years. Oh, wow. Um, and it, you know, it it stuck with me the longest, definitely, out of all my, my models. So, I miss it for that reason, for sure. But, um, I don't know. When you can't get parts for something, man, it's hard to hang on to it, you know? Sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I think is kind of what brought me to the Goblin brand, was just simply because, you know, you can find parts everywhere, right? And yeah, um, absolutely. You know, if there's any regret that I do have of the past couple of years, I wish I would have held on to the Kraken Um, because now knowing what I could have done to make it fly the way I want it, um, I kind of wish I still had that one. Um, But uh, finding home with the 580s as a 600, I think has been uh, a big turning point. I say that, they're still new, they're still, you know, (laughs) we're still in the honeymoon phase. Um, But uh, I'm, I'm hoping that they stick, because something that Dave touched on with the putting too much money into things i we're gonna touch on this later but i i'm there and it's and it's just like holy crap I, me personally i need to slow down you know it's just i have gone through some some models some have just crashed into oblivion you know where it's just like holy crap the things not even recognizable but for me it's just i i needed to find two helis that i could call home you know and uh and just let those rip for a while because it it gets expensive. It sure does. So so with COVID, uh, has this opened to any opportunity for being able to sim more often? Or have you been able to fly more often? Has your life changed at all? Um, you know, where where do you guys stand with that?
4: So I I don't know if it's I mean, COVID maybe, but I think from two years ago to now, I definitely sim a lot more. And part of it is, you know, due to the Heli Sim League that Dave and you and uh, Mike and, let's see, Bob Heaster and Todd Dudek that we do once a week, right? Right. So I I think sim from two years ago to now is definitely a whole different ballgame for me. And I feel like that's gotten me to be more comfortable um, at flying the helis, um, just because I don't have to overthink like if I want to go into an inverted hurricane, right? Uh, it's almost at a point where I've sim so much that it, I just do it. You know, I don't have to like which way I'm going to go, which one. Oh, okay, sticks this way and go, right? It's almost like fluid. Is it perfect? No, but it's definitely a lot easier to at least. Um, go into controlling the heli to do it what you want it to do. So sim has increased a lot for me. I mean, I, I'll be lying if I don't sim at least three times a week now, between half an hour to as much as, what, four or five hours that we've done in the past.
0: Yeah. Has it translated? I mean, like, are, are you, is it time well spent? I think so. I, I really think so, because
4: I i th- think my flying has improved am i doing like you know high level you know 3d maneuvers no but it's definitely gotten me more comfortable especially with orientation flips being able to fly a little bit closer rather than the stratosphere i'm more like you know ten thousand feet now so (laughs) nice but that's part of the sim you know it's i think it's definitely related my flying style and the things i do Today, from two years ago, is because of the sim. I think. Mm-hmm.
0: Very cool, Mike. Yours should be short and sweet.
2: Yeah, uh, I hate simming. <laughs> I have hated simming for a while. It, it, not that I, I guess, not that I hate it. I just can't stay interested. Uh, me and Dave, we we sim online. You know, quite a bit, a lot more. Uh, back then than we do now, but we used to, you know, do, throw a sim room up once in a while. Um, and I just feel like it's, I don't know, I, I can't i can't get myself to focus and work on stuff like I should. Once in a while I can, but for the most part I don't. I just end up banging sticks around and crashing and reset and crash and reset and crash. So uh, I feel like it does more damage than good almost. Um, I don't know. It's just I can't I can't get in the groove of it. Now we did do the heli sim night. Uh, I've I haven't made it to the last couple of them that we've done, but um, mm-hmm. when you have a group of people there, it's kind of nice. But usually I end up kicking my feet up on the desk and just BSing the whole time, and my helicopter sits there on the ground, right? Um, just kind of hanging out with with the guys, you know. So for me, simming. I can't say that I've gotten more opportunity. Well I probably got more opportunity, but I haven't really taken advantage of those opportunities like I probably should have. Um, I would rather just go fly at the field. You know, it's it you know, I might be a better pilot if I didn't, if I would sim more and not fly at the field more. Uh I don't know, who knows? But you know, it's just I'm in it to have fun, I'm not gonna you know, wear myself out from forcing myself to do something that I don't enjoy doing every night. Right. So that's where I'm at. Okay. Dave, what you got?
1: Well, I'm an essential employee. So, uh, actually more time on my hands hasn't changed. So, uh, my, my routine has not, uh, deviated at any time during this, uh, COVID period myself. Um, I've always seen the, the uh, importance of simming, partly because I think I'm a scaredy cat. That's fair. I have to practice. I have to feel like I'm confident before I actually do it in real life. So, mm. uh, To be honest with you, summertime usually is not a big sim, sim time, uh, but in the wintertime, I usually hit it pretty hard. I yeah. make sure I go down every day and at least do. Half hour or so.
0: Mm, So every day uh, then, yeah.
1: In the winter time, yeah. yeah, When up here, you know, up here we get really cold, and (laughs) it's not fun to be
2: outside. So I usually
1: sim almost every day in the winter.
2: It gets a bit snowy up here, eh? Just a bit, (laughs) eh? (laughs) Oh, god.
1: (laughs) But uh, yeah, that's so. Really hasn't changed this this period of craziness that we're in hasn't really changed my routines any. Um, I think actually I've probably flown less this year than I have the last couple of years. Um, I don't know what's going on with that, but I still enjoy it. You know, it's not right. like I'm, uh, in a slump or anything. It's just, uh, I've changed the way I think, I think when you get, I don't know, I find that flying sometimes takes a lot of energy, you know, when you're at the field itself. Sure. So I, I get less flights in like I used to pound out 20, 30 flights a day and now I'm lucky to get 15. You know what I mean? So
0: fifteen. I, yeah, yeah. So
1: I usually go at it, but um, yeah, as far yeah. as SIM time, SIM time stayed about the same. I, I, I kind of have that, that I stick with, you know, yeah. and when I'm not feeling good, you guys were talking about days when you're just not feeling connected to the helicopter, or whatever, I usually come home and and work on it on the simulator. You know what I mean? Yeah. Practice basics and stuff like that, because I don't like feeling that way. You know, when you're flying a lawnmower. So, sure. Yeah. I yeah, usually wrong. I usually stick to the basics, and that's one of the th- one of the things that I I have to feel confident to be able to do anything, and that's sim is a good tool for that. So
5: as far as the question it hasn't really changed for me mm.
1: so
2: and real quick kevin when he says 15 uh usually we go out to the field for the day so we go out like oh, what yeah. 9 10 in the morning and we're there until dark usually y- yeah yeah so 15 flights is not yeah it's spread out pretty good yeah a lot a lot of bs time in between
1: yeah
2: you got to get the heart rate down
0: <laughs> yeah. I can yeah. show up. I can show up to our field at like ten, and leave at four, and I'll be lucky if I got six flights in. Wow. Yeah, because like a lot of times there's plankers there too, you know. So you're wait. Yeah, it's the wait mm. time too, you know.
2: Yeah, we fix that problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> yeah, for us, of start, course, you start know, flying on the other side of the parking lot. Yeah, well, just throw a cone out and go.
0: Yeah, I well, that's a whole other story. But uh,
2: so, what about you, Kevin? So, your sim- yeah. for me, in
0: um, in 2018, uh, I remember back, you know, w- of what I was doing, and and really and truly, for me, it was just kind of throwing the sticks around, you know, and and while I was in control of the model for what. Little maneuvers I knew um, I don't feel like I, I was nearly as proficient as I am now but but let me let me cap this so I don't view myself as being you know an excellent pilot or anything, but competing against myself you know two years ago compared to today, I feel like I've progressed quite a bit. Um, So, that being said, uh, I have simmed a lot, and I have put a lot more time into sim. Now, fast forward to this past March, when COVID hit, and we were all told to go home, Uh, I'm very fortunate in the sense that I get to remote every day. And um, I I literally fly the sim, I'm not going to say all day, but i do put quite a lot of time in on the sim cuz like when i get to a point with work where i'm like i just need to take a break you know i'll i already had the sim up and i'll goof off or, or work on stuff or whatever for 15 20 minutes and then i get back to work and you know and then later on in the day you know i'll pick it back up and and of course then you guys are doing your your heli league you know and uh and i've done that a few times with you guys but Really and truly, I think the progression started to really ramp up once COVID hit, because like I say, you know, I, I, I'm I at home, and so I do sim quite a bit, and uh, so for me, uh, I, I definitely use it for what it's purpose-built, which is to be a training tool, and um, I feel like it's it's been uh, very good for me uh, personally. Um, but, uh, and even like early on in the podcast, you know, we were talking about, you know, me flying off my left shoulder, this is pre-COVID, and I was uncomfortable and things were just kind of weird, and I don't get that nervousness being off my left shoulder anymore like I used to. Like, I can definitely tell that putting time in has has helped. And, you know, of course, of all the, the pirouetting things that I've been working on, you know, they're beginning to shape up, you know. Yes, I don't do the pirouetting stuff as low, you know, in real life like I do on the sim, but it's still, it's it's constant work, you know, where I'm always working on those things regardless to try and perfect those where it becomes more second nature. And for the most part, for me also, kind of dragging something else into this, is dropping blade size. I don't know why, It doesn't make much sense, except there's an intimidation factor that I have with 700s. And going down to 600 has really helped out a great deal of, stupid as it sounds, uh, it's helped with confidence of taking, not taking chances, but feeling more confident to do some of the things that I'm working on on the sim. I don't know why that is. But 700s definitely have a certain intimidation factor to me and that kind of sidebar what we're talking about. But, you know, uh, the sim definitely has helped me out a great deal since we, you know, in the last couple of years, especially once we hit COVID since I'm home. so
1: Going off the 600 comment you made, Kevin, I, I would have to agree. Six hundred size is a nice helicopter to practice and get
0: confidence built up in. Right, yeah, I find the same thing. Yeah, it it moves quicker, obviously, because there's smaller blade. Um, where the seven hundreds, and I'm not saying that you can't get it to move like lightning, but the larger blade, there's definitely a little bit of, a, you know, a little bit of a lag there compared to the six hundred, obviously. And um but the sheer size of it and whatever, like it's I don't want to say I'm i I'm afraid of it, but it just it has a, a different feel, you know, where the six hundred just for some reason feels like home to me. But at any rate, I'm hoping that stays. <laughs> you know I don't really wanna keep buying helicopters. I really want to stay where I'm at. So I'm so. down with the
1: six hundred size too. They're nice. Yeah. Yeah. They're very nice.
0: Which has me, you know, I'm like trying so hard not to pull the trigger on a 580 nitro. You know, I would love to to buy one.
3: Do it. <laughs>
0: but and the cool thing too is it <laughs> shares parts, right? You know, I mean, I that's another benefit. But at the same time, it's just like, oh man, I, I just I need to I need to chill out and stay where I'm at because I do have two nitros, and that leads us into our next topic of. Has anyone felt the nostalgic feeling? Have you wanted to dabble in older stuff or older methods, anything like that? In the last, I mean, you're
4: talking talking about a 600 size. I mean, you sound pretty nostalgic, right? Yeah. (laughs) So, it is. How how has your nostalgia acted upon your buying habits?
0: So. I all of a sudden woke up one day and, and started seeing people, you know, especially Dan Mernane with the fly bar stuff, and and I thought, you know, that might be actually kind of cool to try. And uh, for me, I, I didn't necessarily want to go with the 700, and I thought, you know, it'd be kind of cool just to be a little different and go with a 600 class uh, Nitro fly bar. And so there's a guy here uh, that, that flies with us here, his name's Scott Miller, and he had this Vibe 50, uh, JR Vibe 50, and, um, and I thought, man, that'd be really cool. So we worked out a deal, and it came with some Curtis uh, Radix blades, uh, the flybar blades, and uh, brand new, in fact, never had been used. And uh, yeah, so I brought that home and started, you know, messing around with it, you know, and and took my time, you know, putting it together because it's been a while, obviously. And uh, it's fun. I I I can't say it moves quickly, but it's still a lot of fun, and and I enjoy the fact that it is nitro, and uh, of course, right now it needs a new ring sleeve and piston, <laughs> but uh such as you know what they life. call that
2: kevin right what's that midlife crisis is that what it is <laughs>
0: <Yep>. <laughs> it's a fly bar crisis well to add to that and this is another reason why i have not pulled the trigger on a newer style 50 is that i came into ownership of a avant aurora 90 nitro <laughs> jesus and it's also fly bar and um, and I'm super stoked about it. I, I haven't put any time in on it. Uh, I need to, uh, which is, it's next on the table, aside from the rebuilding the engine of the, the Vibe. But uh, I want to get the Aurora going just simply because, you know, it's, it's just such a cool looking machine. And, uh, you know, of course, my electrics are, are my home for, for learning. And then the Aurora and the Vibe or, of course, you know, Vibe 50 or, you know, the just beat them up, you know, and have fun. Um, But uh, so, yeah, so the Aurora is going to be on the bench uh, here very soon Going to start tearing that down, you know, rebuilding it up, maybe send the clutch out to Dan Murnane, have him take a look at that, make sure it's good. And uh, I think all I need for it is like blades and a switch glow. And it's literally I have everything for it, so. It's it's not too far out of reach to be done. and um, But yeah, just kind of wanted to dig back a little bit and, you know, enjoy where I came from, you know, with the fly bar stuff, because uh, I have very fond memories of my T-Rex 600 Nitro, as I'm sure a lot of people do, and um, yeah, it's good stuff, man. I, I, I enjoy it, so what you got, Gooch?
4: Mmm, nostalgia. Mm. Let's see. For me, it really has been just whole like kick on getting back into competing. So, you know, I I just started helicopters, what, 2012, when I met you, Kevin. And, you know, really the only nostalgic type, you know, situation I could put myself is is when I was a kid competing uh in control line in Europe. So that's really i just missed that feeling and it wasn't necessarily that i was i'm very competitive but what i am is i i just enjoyed putting a lot of work right to prep for a competition for an event and seeing results you know and not necessarily winning but being competitive right and maybe you're not dead last but you move up in in the in the class you know so For me it really has been going back into getting into the whole gist of competing so getting this class 2 or advanced class for the mini f3c type uh competition that i really am trying to get back into so no no helicopters for me because i really even the t-rex days yeah it was cool but i don't know if i have that oh man that's such a an important part of helicopters per se is because mm-hmm. i think i don't i didn't do it for long enough maybe before we stopped we took that hiatus right right so it wasn't as cemented inside of me to say well i want to get another t-rex right so
0: well for you it'd uh, be like going back to control line it's like you know would yeah. you really do that <laughs> you know well,
2: don't, so, sell your, don't sell yourself short gucci i mean in goblin years your drake is nostalgic
4: <laughs> it is it, it, it very is you know and i'm thankful to the great uh revolving door of mike sobe for allowing me to buy that <laughs> off of you no the, the funny thing about that is that you know talking about control line is i was talking to todd dudek and he's like you know he was kind of like man i i kind of would like to get back into control line you know oh, jesus and, and it, listen, it's it's that nostalgia, you know, I mean, as a kid, you know, from the time I was seven years old until I came to the States in 97. So from 1990 to 97, I literally every afternoon after school, I would go and build something, you know, control line wise or even remote control sailplanes. It was ingrained on in me. You know, that's, that's the nostalgia in me that goes like, hmm, I spent a lot of time doing it. And it made me to who I am today, right that yeah, can I just go show up and compete in the entry level stuff? yeah, I can, but you know is you know all the competition the way I know it was to plan everything and, and practice use the tools that you have to your disposal i e the sim um having a good group of guys that you could ask questions, you know, search for answers rather than just settle right so all these things kind of bring that. Being a a kid, and really my only worry was go karts, competitive go karts, competitive um, control line. You know, that's all I did, you know, other than school and family. But, you know, I was a kid, so I didn't have the same worries I do now. So that's my nostalgia moment is going back to competing.
0: How about you, Mike?
2: So the only nostalgic thing that I've, uh, had any interest in was uh, my father-in-law gave me a Raptor 90, probably maybe a couple years ago. Uh, It was something that he bought brand new and started to put together and never finished. And uh, when I started getting into the helicopters, he gave it to me and said, here, uh, finish it if you want. If not, pick it apart for parts or whatever you want to do with it. So um, I robbed the motor out of it, EOS 91SZ, which actually I'm still running in the Horex. Uh, So I actually bought another motor for it and planned on putting it back together. Slowly been working away at it. I got the servos and stuff installed in it. and Down to Dave's favorite part is the wiring. So that's kind of where I'll get back on the wall. Right. And was like, hey, I'll get to it one of these days when I'm really, really bored. It'll be fun. uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it would be cool. Um, I wanna get it together and, and have him do the maiden flight on it and you know, that way he could say he flew it. You know, it was his his uh his helicopter to begin with, so uh, but that's it man. I have zero interest in flying anything flybar or old or not being able to get parts for not not for me. Gotcha. So Dave, what
0: you got, man? Four fours us that's pretty nostalgic. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I go clear back to 2014. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, uh, I'm that's glad you got ready E5 because,
0: you know, that was beginning to be a grandpa heli, too. Well, you know what?
1: Um, I think people are buying those up because of parts, you know? Right. So I think that's the big issue with them right now. But, uh, that's a great helicopter. I loved it. It is a good helicopter. It, it was, it was the one helicopter that always went to the field. You know, Mm -hmm. so it was a good helicopter, but yes, I, uh, I don't have any ambition to get old helicopters flying again. Now there is a guy at our field that I think he brought out a Kyosho conquest or something that one time, Chris Bates. And, uh, I think this past weekend concept 30 uh, concept 30. Yes. Yeah. And and he brought out, what did he fly this past weekend?
2: That, uh, that was a raptor 50
1: oh no it, it was a concept,
2: concept thirty
1: okay yeah and he gets into it so it's kind of cool to see the old helicopters fly at the field but uh yeah i don't need to uh
0: i don't need to spend any more money <laughs> too many <laughs> toys already well yeah. the cool thing about doing older helis though like that is is you can typically find them pretty cheap You know, I'm not really deeply invested into the Vibe 50 at all. Like, it's maybe 200 bucks. And, you know, I mean, it's. Well, well, I'll take that back. (laughs) It's about 300 bucks. But anyway, the point is, but I have two airframes. You know what I mean? Right. So. That's what a lot of those guys did, too, back then, was
1: they would just buy two helicopters,
0: right? Mm hmm.
1: When when they got a new helicopter, they would buy two kits and. And keep one on the side just for crash purposes, right right but, uh, that doesn't happen now we we're pretty spoiled, <laughs> and like I said, I've only been flying for what six years, maybe, so I've never gotten to really experience fly bar or anything else like that so um there is no there's no motivation for me to
0: go experience it, really. You I mean, are so far along in flying for only having flown for six years. that's incredible,
5: yeah, well. Sim,
0: there you Just go. Practice. Hear yeah. that, Mike?
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay. He, he tells me all the time. Yeah, yeah, I don't listen. Yeah,
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, how about uh, charging equipment? Has anything changed for you guys in the last couple of years? I
4: think for me, I'll go first, Mike. Um, the only really upgraded it is that I bought that used uh, progressive r c big case, and right. I got a forty eight volt you know power supply with the forty ten. But to be honest, <laughs> that stays home more than it goes to the field, mm. you know, yeah, so I kind of taken the approach of um, yeah, just charge your packs before you leave, and then flying nitro too kind of makes it easy, right? right? So I take you know, three, four packs, stick packs for the electric and then a bunch of nitro. So but charging really I I really I'm to a point where I would love to get one of the smaller ISDT type cases where you know it's just a thousand watts. Keep it as small footprint as possible. Cause that big case is a pain to lug around. And I get you you need it. You know, or you could use it. But honestly, now more than ever, I like, am kind of the impression I'd rather just have a few stick packs, you know.
0: Yes, i I, I can totally relate. Uh, i would I would rather have enough batteries to go to the field with as opposed to having just a couple batteries and worry about charging them at the field. That's just me personally. I mean I would you know, again, but i'm not I'm not belting out 15, 20 flights either. You know, because it, it just never seems to work out that way. So, if I had, say, three packs for the 6S 580 and then three stick packs for the 12S, for me, that would be more than enough. Now, could I take my charger and just in case, you know, sure. And typically, I'll do that. You know, I'll take a charger with me. I may not break it out, but it's there if I want to fly more, you know? But unlike you guys, except for the wintertime, you know, here it gets to the point of being so hot, and it's my whiny bitch moment, it gets so freaking hot here that the sun just freaking beats the crap out of you, you know? And by the time four o'clock hits, like, I'm wasted. Like, I'm just done. I'm ready to go. <laughs> you know? So. Hmm.
2: B- yeah, I'm, uh... I, I I guess I'm a a totally different approach for me because we have electric at our field, so I only own I think, uh, eh, on average about two batteries per heli. Okay. Um. So two stick packs, whatever. Two, two batteries for a helicopter. Um. But we have a uh, electric all over at our field, so I can plug in and charge. So I only need one to carry me over while the other one's charging. Right. Um so I don't have to you know spend a whole lot on the batteries but uh the charging case wise, you know, kind of like Dan said, I had the big 40 uh 406 whatever it is uh with the big giant case on it, the 720 seahorse case and it was it was a pain to lug around. It was heavy, it was bulky, took up a lot of space. And I, I took my charger out of that case and actually made a small case out of it. And it was probably one of the best things I've ever done. Because I can actually put all my batteries and my charger case inside my little tool bag that I have and just carry that down uh, all as one unit. Nice. Um, it's a little heavy, but it's nice because, you know, me going up a bunch of steps and stuff. uh makes it easy because I got to lug everything in and out of our building that we live in. Every time we go to fly, it's like, you know, it's like moving day.
0: Right. Right.
2: Lugging everything in and out of the, out of the building. So the less I got to carry or the the less weight I got to deal with the better. Um, so the smaller charge case setup has been definitely a big improvement uh, as far as battery wise, other than, you know, batteries getting old and saggy, Within the last couple of years, uh, not much has changed there. I've always kind of had two batteries per heli. So,
0: has your battery uh, choices changed?
2: Uh, no. So, um, pretty much everybody knows that I'm I'm a cheap ass. So <laughs> I buy whatever cheapest setup I can. Well, I guess not the cheapest because I, I I don't want to buy something that's going to burn my place down. Sure. Um but I, I typically I use I stick with the HRB batteries. Um has been my go to recently. Uh they're priced pretty good. Not the graphene. I haven't tried the graphene yet. Um but I have no reason yet to, you know, buy anything that's more expensive. They've I've I've had these batteries for well over a year or two. And have had zero issues with them other than, uh, you know, when I crash, them getting busted up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've been great. So the, I, I don't see the reason to spend the extra money on the batteries when I can spend it somewhere else. Like, you know, buying more nitro for my nitros or, or buying parts so I can fly like an asshole when I go out there. Um, you know, I I could put the money in, in other places. So, Right. Uh yeah, battery choice has stayed the same the last couple years for the most part. I've been flying the HRBs for a couple years, um, and I don't plan on moving to anything else. You know, I have no reason to right now. So, cool. Yeah
0: i I obviously have changed chargers. Uh, it came from toting around the uh, cardboard box. And uh, I, you know, had taken Nick Lynn's advice on the GT500. Of course, again, when Gucci and I got back into it after the hiatus, you know, we had intentions of only running 3,300 packs and, uh, you know, keeping things small, even 4,400 packs, I think. But um, I pretty much have been using the same packs. I'm still using the 4,400 packs that I was using in the 516, (laughs) <laughs> and i'm i've been flying those as stick packs for the 700s since 2018 and i literally have not had any issues with those packs at all and uh the ir is still good on those so i was pretty much sold on thunder power for a while and then of course these graphene packs started you know popping up and uh and I've never been one to pay full price for a battery. Like, I would wait till Black Friday to do the Thunderpower Power Packs. Uh, but for whatever reason, I just threw that whole <laughs> idea to the wind and was like, whatever. And I now have three of the 6S Graphene 5000s. And I can't really comment just because I haven't owned them long enough. But i mean, so far so good i mean i you know they're they're good packs i i haven't you know they come down nice and cool, you know warm but not not hot obviously and uh but you know we we've tried different packs too we tried the fluion forty five hundreds, which in the x l five fifty perfectly fine uh i could nuke those batteries and and they'd still the i r was still amazing five eighty not so much like Definitely it puts a hurting on those packs. and uh, so I've already retired two of them, and I still have two left, but I really have sort of stopped using those since I got the graphene packs. Um, of course I bought the uh, the 308 eye charger in the new case and uh, that's been pretty awesome. but thing you were talking about of simplifying when you were coming downstairs, Mike, right? So, for me, that was what I was taking into consideration is how much do I really want to lug to the field? I really just wanted to simplify my my outings. And, you know, again, normally... Now, if I know that I'm going out to the field around noon, I'm only going to be there until probably 4. So there's no reason to take the charger. So I'll just take all the packs charged, hit the field. When I'm out, I'm out doesn't mean that josh and those guys couldn't charge something for me but i i just i don't even bother um if i'm gonna be there for the most of the day then the charger is definitely going maybe even the generator but i really i really tried to simplify things just you know buy enough packs take the toolkit that has all my tools in it uh the charger the two helis the radio done just hit the field do what i gotta do go home so um but yeah, that's that's the, the the newest for me in the last couple of years is um, upgrading chargers and of course trying out some newer these graphene packs. I don't know if that's like new technology, I guess it is, maybe. Um, but uh, so far, so good. But anyway, Dave, what you got? Well, I changed chargers. My, my I had a
1: 4010 that ended up blowing up on me one day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a behemoth of a case that it was in and i totally shrank it down now i'm running 36 volts on with uh two x8 i chargers the little baby ones yeah and uh that's what i use and like you know like mike said we have a field that has electric so i don't charge at home um it's you know what the funny thing is is it seems like when i charge i usually have two batteries per helicopter and it seems like when i charge both those batteries up for the same helicopter i'm bound and determined to wreck the helicopter before i could get the second battery so mm-hmm. i only charge <laughs> i charge i only charge as i go and uh <laughs> i don't know if that's like a curse or not but uh it seems like when i have two batteries charged for the same helicopter it's going to wreck so it's going to hit the ground mm. so i just charge as i go and like i said it's super nice little case i think it's the same size case that mike has on his uh three or 406 or whatever so it's really small light yeah you could stuff it anywhere so that's my big thing and you know you guys were talking about batteries and old batteries and stuff like that i have a couple pulse batteries that are the the date on them is from 2016 wow. i'm still flying yeah nice so uh but like helicopters, I have all kinds of different batteries. I have some of the new HRB graphenes and uh, Glacier packs, and oh, wow. uh Glacier Pulse. yeah, yeah, yeah. I still have some of those. They're wow. they're probably two or three years old now. So yeah, they- but yeah, w- one of the things that I've done and I've changed actually probably in the last couple of years is I I used to parallel charge all my 12s packs, mm. and I kind of quit doing that. I, I charge them one at a time now. Now, uh, you know, use charge one battery on the separate channels and uh, charge them separately like that. And I think that might have, that might be good for them, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think maybe that's why I'm getting a little bit more, a little bit more usage out of them. But I'm not, uh, I'm not Kyle Stacy, or those guys beating the hell out of them. So, sure. But, uh, yeah that's about all that's changed really i'm I'll go for a cheap pack any day in the week, you know, as long as they hold up and the glaciers have held up fairly well and these h r b packs have held up, and so's the pulse packs. never really had any trouble with them so nice yeah yeah you run into you hear guys talking about bad cells and everything in packs i've I think I might have run into Maybe glaciers, maybe a couple packs that you know there was a cell or two that might crap out way before the other ones, but i'm um, I've been lucky, I guess you know right, except you know I had thunder power, and they didn't last very long. that was a few years ago, but um
5: so i've I've never bought those, but really, I've had good luck with batteries,
0: cool,
4: <clears throat> yeah, what about? Well, let's move this. so we talked batteries charges. What about your uh, helicopter cave? Have you guys done some improvements over the years? past two years?
2: Mm. Uh, I can go first cause might as well be real quick. The only thing I've really changed uh, to my workspace area, I guess has been I've added some like fluorescent garage style lights above my workbench. Mm-hmm. to get some good light on. The stuff that I'm working on, uh, it's made a, a big difference in finding little screws and stuff like that. Um, but everything else for me pretty much stayed the same. Uh, within the last two years, I've probably, yeah, uh, bought a good set of drivers, I think, maybe. Um, and that's about it. Everything else has pretty much been the same, so.
0: Nice.
4: What about you, Kevin? I know you made some improvements. <laughs> uh
0: well, I've done a lot. Um so I used to have these you know the garage storage shelves and if you only put you know one of them half together then it was kind of like using utilizing it as a workbench, you know, it was about waist high if you if you did it in halves and um and so we bought two one for, you know, storing a whole bunch of stuff, camping gear and whatevers. Uh, and then, of course, the two shelves that were waist high, you know, I used that as my bench. And and it worked for a while. But the, the plywood that it comes with is, is the shelves, they begin to sag and bow. And I probably could have just bought a thicker piece of, you know, MDF or, or whatever and would have been fine. But I had this vision that, you know, I wanted more light and I wanted to have a much larger, you know, table to work at. And so we ended up going ahead and putting in LED lights, you know, in the garage, uh, in the ceiling. And that made a massive difference right out the gate uh, for having better light. And so we were also in the process of we had inherited a new kitchen table from my sister that uh, her and my dad handmade. And so we were staining it and repainting it and things like that. So when we finally got done with that, we moved it into the kitchen, the old table came out. And of course, uh, you know, I, I put it on wheels and with the locking, you know, casters, and that's now the table that I work at, which is funny (laughs) because before all of this, typically I would work at the dining room table. So, not much has changed it's just the dining room table has come out to the garage i put it on wheels and that's become my you know work uh bench but i then took it to the next level and i bought one of those uh rolling work benches um that have like eight you know uh uh drawers or whatever the husky with the almost like butcher block style top you know um wood you know surface or whatever. And uh, so I have those of course, together, and, and it has power. so that's where I, you know I plug that into the outlet, and of course, then I can plug into this surge protector strip that's in the rolling you know cart, whatever. And um, so <laughs> then beyond that, I was like, well gosh, now I'm still running out of room and whatever, and I've never really had a place to hang my helicopters up. The hours were just all over the tables and whatnot. So I ended up, you know, uh, doing one of those closet racks to be able to hang the helis up. And, uh, and then of course I built or or put in some shelves and stuff too above the table. And from that, uh, shelf, I, I hung a shop light even over the table. So it's like, it's super bright out there. Uh, The only difference is, of course, is that it gets really hot in the garage, you know, and stuff at times. Um, But, you know, I just sometimes I'll just kick a fan on and sweat it out and just, you know, whatever, because everything's out there. It's just easier to work out there, Uh, you know. But if it's too bad, then, you know, I just go ahead and work in my office, you know, at my table. (laughs) But. But yeah, I I made a lot of changes, and uh, and so it's it's become much better, a lot more enjoyable to be out there, and uh, to be able to have things in in its place and in drawers, and and not just all over the place. That was the biggest problem; is it was always cluttered, and I hated it. So we finally, uh, you know, me and the wife, you know, sp- spent some money to to correct all that. So it was a much it's a much better place to be now. So. All right. So the next one we have is uh, focusing on what is important. So what have you guys learned in the last couple years uh, that's important to you? You know, so uh, two years versus today. What what do you got?
4: Well, I think really for me is you know it's definitely changed from looking way back when I first started with Helis. You know, my whole state of mind has changed, right? So over time, your priorities and what's important kind of changes. Um, I think the one thing that has changed for me is the it's a life thing where life changes you uh, personally, for away from the hobby, but I think there was a point in time where I let myself get so deep into the hobby and almost overwhelm me. So, really, for me, what's important right now is to enjoy the hobby, right? Right. Uh, more than trying to keep up with what's new of the new. And I know the joke kind of goes, it's like, well, it's not Gucci, right? You need to get the new of the new. But the reality behind it is, like, you need to, to find what works for you in the hobby and what brings the fun back out, you know? Um, and don't feel like you always have to, to go down the rabbit hole. You know, and that that depends for everybody. I think you know what's important. I think for me is like what I realize is that you know the more I hang out with a good group of guys in a hobby, that becomes the most important thing for me is having fun and enjoying the friendships that you created. So absolutely, that's
0: that's me. I agree. You know, love it.
4: So and and kind of Dave and and Mike. I mean, I fly with them a lot. What are you? What is your guys's i guess party list of what's important in the hobby for you
2: uh Dave you want to go first
5: or you want me to go? I can go I, okay okay yeah, do go. yeah, go ahead yeah um what's important for me
1: is flying and uh I enjoy the i enjoy i like the challenge of flying, and that's probably what's kept me in the hobby um like you were saying earlier on in your in your heli career you're kinda of gonzo about stuff and you uh slow down on the new equipment and realize it's not so much the equipment but yet how much work you put into learning how to fly that uh and that's really where I get my enjoyment, trying to trying to improve uh and get better. But then, like Dan said, or Gucci, what he said was just hanging out with the guys is a lot of fun it's uh it's a good habit to get into i think just uh socializing and being with people and uh enjoying the hobby together right you're having that commonality that uh brings people together so that is what i really enjoy i'm starting to enjoy that more but yet um in my own time i like to i like to practice and try to get better so the challenge of flying is still there and it really hasn't left ever it's just uh it's changed a little bit and it's kind of slowed down for me a a smidge and i don't know um like life you know everything gets in the way sometimes but uh yeah but i'm at a good spot i have a good fleet i'm happy with everything i have and uh i've made it uh I've gotten to the point where I'm fairly content, you know, and uh that's that's where I'm at. It's a good spot. It's a good spot for me. And we have good people that come to our field and hang out and fly. It makes a big deal. That's that a, that's a bit, Yeah. That's a huge difference, you know. That I mean, I couldn't difference. imagine I couldn't imagine flying by myself all the time, you know. So, that's got to be tough. But um uh, like I said, the challenge of flying and having good people to hang out with is, uh, really, really the big, the big winner for me. Right.
5: Nice. Uh,
2: so I guess for me, uh, pretty much what these guys said, you know, it is getting back to what you actually enjoy out of it. Um, is, is where you got to put your focus at. Um, so early on in the hobby, you know, I think everybody kind of gets like super energetic. Um, Me, I like to kind of get a little bit too involved uh, Then you know, more involved than what I can mentally handle. So um, I'm I'm sure most people know that I run a a Facebook group. Uh, I'm also an officer of our local club and, you know, started taking on doing events and trying to keep up with, you know, my hobby skills personally as well. And trying to learn new maneuvers and stuff like that, and, and keep the good vibes going on at our field. So it it, it gets very overwhelming uh, very quickly. So I guess the biggest thing that I could say is try not to overdo yourself. Uh, you know, just make sure that your main focus is just like these other guys said. You know, having fun, doing what you do for yourself and not for anybody else not for anything else but to make sure that you're enjoying the reason why you're there and that's you know the hobby the camaraderie uh all that stuff is the main key i think in in everything in this hobby uh from fun flies to to podcasts you know you we <laughs> you know the the main reason we do this podcast is i like hanging out with these guys you know i i can talk helicopters anywhere i want you know, but coming here and doing it with these guys it's it it's a big enjoyment for me so um I think putting that focus in where you're having fun where you're enjoying the hobby for yourself is a big thing, and try not to get sucked in and and overdo yourself because you can do it and you know if if that happens, you know you got to be able to recognize that and don't burn yourself out because you know that could definitely happen pretty easy so um. Yeah, that's uh that's yard sales words of wisdom. <laughs> good, good advice. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, I mean, even even for myself, uh, again, you know, stepping even further back than the the hiatus that you know Gucci and I took, uh, even before that, you know, approach uh, the hobby way different. I'm going to steal Andy's words a little bit, uh, but they just talked about this recently, where it was, you know, when you first get into the hobby, you're just you're pumped, like you're ready to just buy every model, be it every fun fly. You know, you're just, you're in it to win it. 150%, I think he said. <laughs> so I can totally relate. And then all of a sudden you kind of get to a point where you're like, man, something's got to change. And, you know, because you, maybe it's a money thing, you know, maybe it's a time thing. Uh, you know, I know Gucci and I, we were building a club at the same time that we were trying to enjoy our hobby on top of it. And it just became so much and so involved in infringing on family time. And, and it was, it was just a lot. And so for, for me in the last couple years, anyway, um, I, I knew coming back that even in 2016, which is when we came back, I knew then I was, I was telling myself, you know, you, you, you gotta pace yourself, you know, cause it's so easy to just get carried away and get lost uh in in purchasing and in whatever else and uh and so there's been times where i've i've slipped on the slope a bit and bought a few things you know in in maybe didn't think it through or whatever um but i'm trying to become refocused again and uh and of course even even just not deep diving but of course like sponsorships you know like i i recently let you know one go I I just don't feel the need anymore to be to be sponsored. Not saying that I wouldn't offer or, or you know, entertain opportunities if I was the right fit or we were the right fit. Uh but it, it's just not I don't need a shirt to help people in our hobby and uh you know, we you know, I don't need a shirt to to have a good time even. You know, it's just it's I don't, I don't need any of that. I I love the people that I fly with. I, I enjoy hanging out with you guys. Like, you know, we are still on the podcast here. I enjoy sim night with you guys in Ohio. Like that, that, uh, that's fun. You know, that alone is like going to like a fun flight every week on Wednesday nights, which is just amazing. And um, so to wrap this up, of course, uh, you know, with, with progression, uh, in in the beginning years, you know, it was all about trying to become a badass, right? You know, everybody wants to be able to do pyro flips and whatever else, like right out the gate. And even coming back to the hobby, I I realized I just simply wanted to be in competition with myself. I didn't want to be in competition with anyone else. I don't care how good my neighbor is. I don't care how good Kyle Stacy is. I I'm I'm in this for me, you know. And so, I mean. For me, I think I've progressed pretty pretty decently in the last six months or so, but it's because I'm pushing myself. It's not because I have motives to be better than anyone else. it's just trying to outdo me and uh so it's kind of the same thing that Yard was saying you know don't don't overdo yourself, you know but just take your time enjoy enjoy the hobby, don't feel rushed to have to like be you know. A 3d master in six months you know like just just chill out have a good time enjoy those early years of not knowing how to do certain maneuvers because it gives you something to look forward to you know if in two years you became a badass and you knew every maneuver there is you know known to man in this hobby like what else do you have to look forward to at that point you know so um yeah that's kind of where i'm at that's when what's important is just is enjoying it for me making new friends and uh and just just take it day by day you know don't uh slow down with your money
4: (laughs) 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 so uh, yeah kevin i got a question do you think the uh through the time that you you know you see you you said that you progressed how has your frequency of crashing have changed from over the years, at least in the past two years, more or less <laughs> even killed? I mean,
2: Ooh, this is a good one. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to end
4: up on the right note.
0: Okay. So pre hiatus, uh, my crashing was super minimal. Like I, I just didn't crash a lot uh early years of course I crashed a ton but then it was like the last 2 3 years before our hiatus like I didn't crash a whole lot I had some mechanical failures but it wasn't it was very rare that I dumb thumb something in and so then we took a break came back to the hobby and really and truly within the last like couple years I feel like I've I've started to crash a lot more and it was because of the fact that I was I was pushing myself to you know to to progress and i learned that even within that 2 years that maybe i needed to slow down just a little bit and spend a little bit more time on the sim so that i'm not crashing as much but it also came in as a factor of money for me where it was just i'm tired of crashing in the sense that it, of of how much it costs to repair these things because again we've talked about it you know having multiple helicopters does not help you fly more it just means you're gonna wrench more so it has you know in that regard like i've i've put in a lot of money you know lately because of of crashing so i pre-covid uh i i actually started slowing down with crashing and really and truly the crashes that i've had recently were not my fault well they probably were my fault but it was a mechanical failure, it wasn't because or an electronic failure, it wasn't because I dumb thumbed it in, and um so I'm kind of finally getting back to that point where when I go out and fly i'm not I'm not crashing near as often as I was even a year ago, and um honestly, Gucci, to be quite bold, I don't fly as low as I used to either because i'm I am I'm tired of crashing <laughs> so. I'm, I'm getting it a little bit higher in the air. So that way I stand a better chance of trying to save it if possible. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's,
4: I think that's across the board though. Um, you know, you, you progress, but it doesn't mean that it's just in your maneuvers that you do. You progressed in your attitude towards how you fly. Right. Sure. Yep. And sometimes something as simple as that, which is changing the height that you fly at makes a huge difference sometimes it does you know there's a reason why they say three mistakes high right fly three mistakes high because you know i i think it's a huge game changer when if you have altitude you could get yourself on just about any orientation and probably save it because you have the altitude but when you're like you know five feet or less off the deck when something goes wrong odds are even if you could recover you don't have the space so You know, it's kind of for me, I've always been conservative the way I fly. So, but then at the same time, I didn't push as hard, per se, fly as low as possible. Right. Right. Yeah, I've been egged on and I gotten away with some stuff, but I also have, you know, crashed the Kraken Electric, which I really thought that was like, oh man, it's going to be toast. And it wasn't terrible. I mean, it was more than, you know, a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars but it wasn't like a complete re-kit right but i think for me it's kind of been steady you know like i pretty much could count on two maybe three crashes a year but i also don't fly you know when i go out and mike could have tested this sometimes i'm there for two hours and i do three flights i've done a flight before and i've gone home Right. Mm -hmm. So that plays into it too, you know, it's like playing the odds, right? The more you fly in a given day, the more you have a chance of crashing, maybe not dump thumb, but something going wrong and crashing, right? So it's 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 got very much to do with how you fly, how often you fly, you know, how many times you fly in a day, you know, the amount of time you spend on you know, looking over Heli's, you know, at home you know, making sure that it's mechanically sound, so, so forth. So I've been pretty steady, which I'm thankful for, because, you know, it gets expensive.
5: You're right.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
2: what you think, Mike? Uh, So for me, I guess early on in the hobby, uh, I didn't crash very often. Uh, it was actually quite a while before I started, you know, really putting them in. Um, I also didn't push that hard. Uh, I kind of found a comfort zone and and didn't venture out of it too much. Uh, Then a couple years later, I started getting real adventurous, and and I wanted to fly really low. Uh, And I I skipped a lot of the stuff that I should have actually spent time on because I wanted to be one of the guys that can, you know, brush the tail blades through the grass. And uh I I was good for crashing at least at least one a weekend, I would say, right, Dave?
1: Yeah, uh, that's an underestimate. Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, quite a while there. Uh, yeah, at least one a weekend. I, I went through a, a long spell of of a lot of crashes. And uh but you know my my mindset at the time was if you wanna fly low, you gotta fly low. That's the only way you're going to get good at it is to do it. So, um, you know, I, I just started pushing and pushing and pushing and I probably pushed a little too hard. I spent a lot more money than I wanted to. Um, and then I kind of took a step back and, you know, just recently now I've, I've, I've taken the approach of, you know, not every flight needs to be a demo flight. Oh. You know it yeah. you, it's perfectly fine to go out there and and work on orientations or or work on one maneuver through the you know a whole battery of nothing but pyroflips flips or a whole battery of nothing but funnels you know and and just try to burn that muscle memory and and then when you wanna let your hair down and kinda you know get down and and dirty you, you know you have the capability to do that um so yeah, I went through a spell of of a lot of crashes now. I don't crash quite as much as I used to, uh, still crashing, you know, more than I want to. But, uh, typically now my crashes are because I'm, I'm just being silly and I'm, I'm trying to get away with stuff that, you know, I probably can't get away with. And sometimes I get lucky. Sometimes I don't. So, uh, but I think being afraid of crashing is silly. Everybody's going to crash. It uh, doesn't matter your skill level. doesn't matter how long you've been flying. You're going to crash. And I think the sooner that you get adjusted to that and not throw a fit or get upset, and uh, the better off you are. So, um, yeah, I think crashing's just, you know, it's part of the game, the game we're playing. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. I want to
0: circle back on something really quickly about the flying demos every time you go up. You know, it was really Mm -hmm. funny because you said that to me Mm -hmm. and (laughs) it resonated because it's true. (laughs) I go out there and I beat the piss out of these things every flight because it's like, that's what you, you, you've been watching it in videos forever. It's like, well, this is what you do. This is just how you fly. This is why we're here. Yeah. And, and it wasn't necessarily that I, I slapped a label on it, calling it a demo, but that's how you're flying. And mm-hmm. uh and and to and to just add to that to make you make you laugh. Uh the plankers for a while there, when I would fly at my field, like they would come up and thank me for the demo flight. Like literally those were their words. They would say, Thanks for putting on such a great demo flight. And I'm like, I was just flying. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So when you said that, like it totally resonated with me. I was like, Holy shit, you know, he's really it's this is fact. And and so to tie that in, uh, I I we have to give credit to Scott Graham for the full pool school because, you know, that also has really resonated with me as well. And in, you know, there are times where I do find myself, whether it's on the sim or even real life, like I'll hover <laughs> more than I ever have, you know? And, yeah. and just little things too, just, you know, practicing certain orientational things that i normally wouldn't have thought about had it not been for you know scott introducing this whole full pool school thing so um yeah definitely
2: good stuff uh, long story short your plankers are pissed because you're not getting demos every week now
3: (laughs) that's exactly (laughs) right
1: they were encouraging it yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. they wanted to see the they're calling their friends you gotta see this guy (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs> except for the guy that got a heart attack from kevin doing oh, fast yeah, flybys yeah, yeah,
2: yeah well that was scott graham wasn't it <laughs> yeah him too oh god
4: the latest victim
2: well yeah.
0: how about you Dave? before we wrap up have you uh tamed your crashing or is it increase decrease what you got you mm. know i really honestly i
1: don't know and i think it's been a few years. I just kind of quit paying attention to it. I've—I don't know if I crash that often, and well, usually I, I can what? tell you
2: now that you're crashing more often now than you have before. Really? Well, I'm you, flying. You've been on a pretty—you've yeah, been on a pretty good streak. Yeah, you've been putting yeah. on some good shows. Too. <laughs> yeah, but it's demo the, flights. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> demo flights. That's yeah. Right.
1: yeah, yeah, probably. No, but I—I I, I quit paying attention to it because. I don't think I do it often enough that it, uh, it beats me up, you know, as far as financially or, you know, even mentally, I just kind of quit. I quit worrying about it. And,
5: uh, I
1: trying to get my thoughts here and trying to describe, I, I just don't worry about it really. I, I don't yeah. worry about it. And actually, a couple a few weeks ago, I lost orientation for the first time in a long time. What? That was that I wrecked a helicopter. I actually hit hold before I hit the ground. You know, and uh, because I knew I didn't didn't know where it was, I was flying without a canopy. So mm. it really goofed me up. But wow. um, yeah, I I think it are fun flies. I usually let it hang out too much. And I get lucky most of the time, but, (laughs) but, uh, but, uh, usually weekend, a weekend I can, I can usually pull them all back in one piece. So it's good. Um, yeah, I I don't know recently because we've had a few fun flies back to back flooded up. You know, I've, I've smashed up a couple of helicopters, but, you know, hopefully that's, that's going to dry up again. <laughs> right because right. i really i really the the big deterrent of wrecking is working on them because i really just don't like that it's just it's just not fun i hate it yeah
0: yeah it's just not a fun thing anymore and it is a lot more enjoyable to put a new kit together versus putting together or back together a crash kit
1: exactly <laughs> absolutely yeah. absolutely Cleaning clean mud with
2: a toothbrush is no fun yeah
1: i quit doing that it eventually falls off yeah yeah it eventually falls off that's hilarious but uh yeah i don't know i don't know if i you know i used to pay attention to it a long time ago Uh, when i first started i used to really get bummed out when i wrecked and now it's not even an issue it's it used to affect your ego you know when you wrecked Mm. Or my ego anyways, personally, you know, I kind of felt bad about it, you know, like, how could I be so stupid to wreck a helicopter or whatever? And I, I got over that pretty quick because it was pretty obvious right off the bat that it's going to (laughs) happen. You know, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Just, just go out and work it, you know, fly, go out and fly. What happens happens and uh, go from there. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, don't get hung up on it too much because it will happen. You know that's that's my mindset anymore. And uh very cool. Yeah, usually it's pushing it too low. That's all. Yeah, is what happens. So, but yeah, no more demo flights for the year. Ah, oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Mike's not going to let that happen. No, no I know. Happen. No, we we feed off each other. It's not a good thing. Yeah. Well, it is a good thing. It's a lot of fun. But yeah. Yeah, all yep. I gotta
2: do is do some do some uh some bean dipping and Dave's cranking up the head speed and he's right behind me. I can I know I can I can uh you know lean on Dave being there behind me to, to get the party started. So Yeah. Well you know, Pretty Todd's
1: fun. been doing that a little bit too. I think he's figured He it. has. <laughs> he has.
2: Yeah, when he when he puts the krakens away and only the Drakes are out on the table, you know he's ready to go. Yep. <laughs>
0: That's the truth. Yep. Oh gosh. Well, very cool. It's a good hobby, folks. It I is. enjoy it. It yeah, is. Yeah, it really is. Well, very cool. Well,
2: what do you say we wrap this thing up?
0: Absolutely. Well, I say
1: it's a good thing.
0: Yeah. Well, Dave, thank you so Yo. much for coming on, man. We appreciate oh, you man. hanging out with us again. My it pleasure. Is, uh, yeah. Yeah, any
2: your- any time. Yeah. Yeah, you're not allowed to leave yet cuz we got to go through your hashtag.
0: Oh, oh, my hashtag. Well, I was wondering if somebody had added anything for him. Oh, don't worry. I got it. Oh, there co- it is. Nice. Uh, wait, I have to look. <coughs>
2: my, you might want to refresh your, uh, your screen over there. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh,
4: I added a few extra. I'm not going to lie.
0: <laughs> wait, wait. I'm going to have to refresh it here. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, before we get to that, Dave, if people wanted to get <sighs> in touch with you, how could they do that, sir? Uh, probably Facebook, Dave Kersh. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Yeah. If you'd like to get in touch with us here at the Hellyhead Show, you can reach us at the Show at gmail.com. If you'd like to be a average Joe, if you have questions, show ideas, whatever you got, we would love to hear from you.
2: So please give us an email. Yep. Credit card yeah. numbers and everything. We take it all. Perfect. <laughs> I like that idea. Uh, the other way you can get in touch with us is... Uh the Head Show at OnlyFans.com dot <laughs> com. No, just joking. Isn't that a porn site? I don't know.
0: Probably.
2: <laughs> uh no, you guys can reach out to us on our Facebook page. Make sure you like and subscribe to us on Podbean and iTunes and leave us a review on iTunes. We like reading those. Yeah.
0: We'd love to hear from you guys.
2: And your credit card number. Leave yes. that to us. <laughs>
4: But also, I, we want to note that a huge shout out to all the other heli podcasts and video personalities in the hobby. You know, they keep us entertained on those long work days sometimes. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Yep. Yeah. Very cool. All right, so the new little thing—we actually haven't done this in the last couple of episodes, I think. Yeah, uh, I think we missed so the last one. We we kind of did, uh, but we'd like to give a shout out to uh, this episode's heli head and uh i know we didn't pre-discuss this sorry yard sale uh but i would like to give a shout out to ben connor and uh and the reason Mm, that i am shouting yes the reason i'm shouting out him is because the even before we started doing this whole you know recognizing people on on the show uh i had reached out to him at one point i was like man i was like you're really posting a lot here lately like trying to help people and whatever and and I kind of gave him those words of encouragement. I'm like, you know, well, Matt, that's that's your road to to one day being sponsored, you know, people are going to take note of that and eventually it's going to it's going to pay out, you know. And uh I was like, so keep doing it and and he genuinely does it just because obviously he loves the hobby like we all do. And uh but I just thought it was really cool and uh I just wanted to to give you kudos Ben, so Congratulations to you sir. You are the episode's Heli Head of episode 27. And uh we'll see you soon buddy. We we'll, we'll have something yeah. for you. We're, we're yeah. working on some some things for the uh episode Heli Head. Uh we're, we're we're putting together some stuff, so we'll have that soon. But, I
2: like it. That's a good one.
0: Yeah. All right. Parting words. Goops, what you, what you got buddy?
4: All right. I'm staying strong with YS Power. Okay. Uh, I have a good question. Uh, Power? (laughs) Then um, the hashtag 55 Nitro 2020, since uh, soon to come out, when the 580 Nitro comes out, I'm going to have the OS 55 back into an airframe.
2: Yeah. And this is Gucci and hashtag OS is life.
4: <laughs> we'll wait to make sure that that OS still works. I don't know yet. We'll see. And the last one I have is hashtag fun with flags.
2: Nice. Nice. I like it. Uh, let's see. I have, of course, the old but trusty Get Your Ass Out and Fly. Boom. And we have Equipo Esfinter.
3: Social, social,
2: and hashtag we are all in this together.
4: (laughs) Oh boy! Oh god Such a bad commercial.
0: Uh, All right, Dave, you're up. I'm up. Yep. Up. Should
1: I read all these? You should absolutely. (laughs) Yes. Uh, hashtag Forza for life.
3: <laughs>
1: uh. <laughs> uh, uh, hashtag, hashtag like this next one. get off my boom, <laughs> <laughs> my <tail> boom.
0: <laughs> dude that's funny uh, uh, or, or as kevin teshner would say move your foot and get off my tail boom
1: yes go. exactly <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny Ooh. Uh No, hashtag the new Scott Graham. Boom, uh, there it I, is. I don't know. I don't know if that's <laughs> I like it. it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, oh, hashtag the sweet spot. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. What else you got? I uh, <laughs> got a bunch of them. I know. What the heck?
2: This one's hard to read. Usually they keep going as you're reading them. that They start growing. Oh.
1: Yeah. Well, I haven't refreshed, so we're good. Uh, Get out and hashtag get out and work it. (laughs) 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 And uh, hashtag let it all hang out when flying.
0: (laughs) Go ahead and refresh, Dave.
1: Uh oh.
5: You got another one?
0: I think you got one more in there.
5: Hold on.
1: Oh. Hashtag, I need a nitro.
2: <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. He'll be yeah. back. They all yeah, come they back, always, right, Gucci? They always come back. That's right.
1: Yeah, maybe. Oh, I don't right. know. <laughs> Highly doubt it. But
2: nowhere you can get an N7 for a good deal. Well, that new... <laughs> <laughs> the, the new
1: Protos does look like it flies really well. You should try it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's all right. I have too many toys.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, kids. All right. Close it up. All right. Well, like our boy K-Dub says, send it till you end it. And then we've got the uh, hashtag going out for a rip, eh? <laughs> Was that better? <laughs> I yeah. 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 yeah I'd better. take
2: that right to Timmy's and get a double-double. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh gosh! And of course, we can't forget uh, hashtag too old for a hold. Thank you so much for listening. This has been episode twenty-seven. Thank you so much, Dave, for coming on. We'll catch you guys next time.
2: See ya.
1: Adios. (laughs)
3: <laughs> well, that's her part
2: getting by Shaggy, apparently. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh,
1: my God. That
3: was freaking Dude, awesome. Dude, that's
1: stupid funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's hard to do, man.
3: <laughs> well, we good thing there's a mute board. button. Yeah. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh that was amazing oh.
1: I, I could have totally ruined that thing the whole way through I was laughing so much oh my god dude I had the mute
0: button on and I was dying the entire time
1: was- <laughs> oh god that's funny oh shit oh jesus
5: <coughs> mm. that's all I got
2: I can't think of anything else I ran shit I'm like how uh, do I like keep this going that's oh, funny as
1: hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: oh, Lord. It's not I, okay, okay, one more, and I'm going to tag it on the end. Say something to the effect of uh, maybe Arnold will let you crash with him in his tent or something.
2: <laughs> Can you do that? Uh, let me think about this. Hang on. All right. I'll just
0: say something like, I'm
4: going to lay my head down next to Arnold. Mm-hmm.
0: Do the popsicle bit.
2: To <laughs> try and lure Arnold into my tent. Yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> there you go. Perfect.
2: Do that. All right. And
0: just say no, Shaggy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Be like, no, no, Shaggy. We don't do gummy worms here. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll tie this together with the other stuff. Um. Take your right. time. It's cool.
5: Oh. <laughs>
2: I used the bathroom gosh yeah oh. my eyeballs are floating
4: <laughs>
2: and i'm out of beer already
4: oh uh, you know what you gotta do
2: right
1: go get more
2: i'll be back corner stores not far <laughs> you gotta uh, you uh,
1: gotta you crack open that bottle of whiskey yeah, oh, yeah no i got more beer in the fridge don't worry
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what did everybody go shit listen don't judge buddy <laughs> <laughs>
0: It kind of follows what Andy was saying. It was like, when you first get into the hobby, you're like, this is freaking awesome. I want to buy everything. I want to do everything. I want to fly all the time. Yeah. Yeah, You're like freaking pumped. And then all of a sudden, it's kind of like you just, you reach this like level. But you get your
2: credit card bills is what happens. Why,
0: (laughs) Why don't we just,
2: why don't you.
5: I got a pretty good buzz going right now, so. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
3: <laughs> that stuff comes out
4: uh, the best part is Mike doing it that's like the best part about it people are going to be like hold on what is going on here is he against Goblin now he's doing voice over commercials <laughs> the,
6: the, you bit your ass wrong course bought five of them <laughs> There's
4: no ports left now. <laughs> yeah.
6: <laughs> Good luck getting your kit, bitches. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh my god! Classic.
6: What pre-order.
4: Oh, uh, he would get his freaking.
6: in the click, bitch.
5: <laughs> <laughs> you some bitch?
1: What's going on? Hey. Hey. Oh my God. <laughs>
5: uh,
4: we have there, a stand-in
5: yeah he sounds just like scott
1: <laughs> so what are you guys doing what you're wearing <sighs>
0: <Gaggy laughs>
2: nothing gaggy day pants
0: and a red shirt nothing
2: <laughs> yeah. she sounds well, yeah kevin, kevin already said he's putting out tonight so uh-oh. and, and they We're switching to video chat midway through.
0: Oh, shit.
1: You guys are, like, really organized and professional-like.
2: No, 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 no. <laughs> Kevin and Gucci are organized and professional. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Open I'm just a flat dick off. from Ohio. A flat dick. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh-oh. Uh. I do need, uh... Uh... That's insane. one of Dan. I hope I remember.
0: <laughs> that's freaking hilarious. Welcome to the Helihead Show. This is episode number twenty-seven. I am your host, Blade Grip, and with me as always is Old Navy.
5: Uh nope. I think, that, I think that's you, Gucci. <laughs> oh
4: Lord, why do this? Gosh, I'm having a senior moment.
0: Hello, my friends. There you go. And of course we've got Landfill with us.
2: Landfill?
0: and we've got a special guest lawn dart
5: hey (laughs) wait 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 Wait!
2: yeah i was waiting for louis vuitton or something
4: this is when creativity goes wrong
2: we got
4: got the import boy off the boat Mm -hmm.
0: all right okay fine welcome to the helihead show this is episode number 27 i am your host skit fuck i forgot my own damn name all right well if you would like to get in touch with us here at the helihead show you can reach us at the heliheads show at gmail.com uh, com, uh, let's start that wow <laughs> all right let's try that again all right like a boy boy k dick oh shit oh my god i just get can't off. freaking yeah, get a a done it done together done what? you're lord Holy shit! It's been a bad night.
6: (laughs) All right.
0: (laughs) 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 Ah, goodness. All right, gents. Dave, thanks for hanging in there, man. I appreciate it. Oh, it was fun. It was fun again.
2: It was (laughs) funny because I was talking to Dave about how we. Sometimes when we do the Just Us episodes, we end up dragging somebody in sometimes. <laughs> here I am texting them, hey man, you want to do a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh,
5: shit. It's
1: true. Gosh. Anytime. Man, that was awesome. Yep. Good
5: night, folks.